Right then, welcome or welcome back to the Midnight Podcast, where we have super in-depth, authentic, super transparent, open conversations with an array of different entrepreneurs from many different industries. I really want to make this a podcast known for going super in-depth on loads of topics that other podcasts are scared to speak about. I feel like most stuff out there these days is just super surface level, super vanilla, and doesn't really answer the questions that viewers and listeners want to hear. So that's what we're trying to do. Keep it real and keep it raw. I'm sure you'll get a huge amount of value listening or watching the pod wherever you are. And if you do, don't forget to subscribe, recommend it to a friend, leave a like and a comment and just let us know what you think. And yeah, really hope you enjoy this episode. Group episode, arguably the highest revenue per square footage table in the Indonesian (laughs) region. Got Jordan Hill. Jack and Salvi and Adam Reed, some big fucking names, big, big names. Pod God, as he's more recently called. Wanted to do a group episode because, firstly, why the fuck not? But secondly, we've got a load of questions from the audience, and I feel like answering Q&As is probably more valuable than just people shitting their life story for two and a half hours, which you haven't done yet, but the other two now have. And I feel really bad because the episode we did with you was arguably the worst quality <laughs> episode I've ever right? filmed. Yeah. So I feel bad that that was your, your first into the midnight pod and it looked like shit so hopefully this episode sounds and looks better because we're in the beautiful lighthouse studios in Karabakan, changu area <laughs> is this Karabakan or changu i don't know but Karabakan sends a fucking ship down <laughs> we're probably going to wing it a bit we've got loads of questions where do i want to start um so many questions where do they all come from twitter insta twitter and instagram both um i should have chosen where we'll start We'll start with this. What's the realistic amount of money these days to start building a new e-com brand? A brand or a store? Well, I'll let you answer that and give context because they are different things. Mm. But I think... I mean, now, no idea for a store, but I think when we started, you could easily have done it with 50 quid, 100 quid if you're doing like the five day, five dollars a day ad set method. Um, mm. I don't know if it would be the same now. I guess maybe a better way of asking that question is how do you start with basically no money and, and is it realistic to do so and, and if you want if your vision is to build a brand which i think is what he's saying can you start with like no money to go around yeah right because m- my view would be drop ship and then build a brand but you can probably kind of do both at the same time you probably can do both yeah i think if you're going to drop ship and build a brand you're going to do it both on the same url it's going to cause issues i think you're better off dropshipping for the cash flow using the cash flow to invest into the brand yeah you can do it at the same time but i also think there's a lot of people now professing about tiktok organic i don't know if it's generating sales because most people are sharing session screenshots these days but yeah um if it's generating sales then you can do that and you can basically bootstrap from zero no ad spend but then you also have you know you've got to pay for your product your stock if you're building a brand you don't really want to be dropshipping I think everyone's always looking for like the fastest route though and like going for the lowest en- like everyone wants a low entry point into business and you got to realize that the competition is the highest there so mm. the more money you have the quicker you'll get there and if you start with no money it's just going to be a slower journey which is arguably like yeah. you know it's not as you're not going to get quick results yeah so. i feel but like if you people. haven't actually got any cash you're probably going to be low on like the skill as well because obviously yeah. you're not mm. going to have done it in the past so my thing would probably be not start an agency, but just maybe just like run through courses and try and actually build up the skills because that's what's 
going to be the second mm. most need in demand thing like when you do start a business yeah true because you're going to be doing everything because yeah. it's all well and good saying oh well you can run organic on tiktok but you yeah. also have to get your website looking good you have yeah. to design the logo you have to do this you have to do that because if, if you don't have any cash you're not going to have any yeah. money to get an agency in to do your paid ads like you're probably best actually spending the time to begin with like just building up your skills and mm. then yeah like just basic stuff like setting up a shopify theme so you're not having to pay for that that's going to save you cash and right, you, your yeah. money will go go further but also i think when you get around to hiring people it's good to know what you're hiring them to do like you need to know the task yourself before you can teach someone to do it so yeah 100 i think what you're saying makes sense and e-com's like just such a trendy buzzword at the moment i think if you have no money and you're looking to make money it's better to learn a skill and yeah. then outsource that skill to other people i think there's a very big window of opportunity for younger people teaching older people how to do shit um mm. that's why the smma blew up like you know three years ago and the kind of new wave not that it hasn't been said enough on twitter but chat gbt i can see is like a fucking, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the new smma like young guys fucking 14 year old saying to some 50 year old he runs a business like yeah. How can you implement this to take away some of the labor and mm. decrease your costs? Yeah. yeah. Been rolling two minutes and chat GPT's already been mentioned. Know, but, yeah. <laughs> Keep speaking because I'm not, I'm not texting someone. I'm highlighting the questions so I know which ones we're actually going to use mm. because I've got about fucking 200 of them. Do you actually use it already in your business? No, nah, I'm question. trying to find ways I can, but I don't, I don't, mm. you know, not yet. I'm using it, but mainly just, well, only for job postings. Nothing other than that. Mm. yeah it doesn't save too much time but what do you reckon the jobs that are going to go the first because the main thing that everyone's saying is copywriters but i think that probably like i actually saw a thing on instagram there's the first ever ai lawyer is defending somebody in court in america for a parking ticket so i actually think it's probably going to be first copywriters because chat is mm. basically a text-based thing but then also i think that and people are using it already but drafting up like legal documents privacy policies like that kind of stuff and then i think coding is a little bit different because you have to like run code and it has to work but i think the next thing is going to be like assisting developers in i was going to ask you that yeah. so code, like yeah. could, could you imagine um could you imagine using it in your agency to like because i actually saw a tweet i can't remember who it's from uh he said uh write me a code compatible with x that does a green flashing yeah, light yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Did you see that so like yeah so i can see it i think longer term it's because there's even with ai there's a lot of like design software out now like dali which i got access to and then there's another uh, one yeah. like called mid journey or something i think probably it's going to be figma designs are going to go first like properly mm -hmm. um or like assist with designers to create layouts that's then going to then get put into chat to or you know an ai software to be developed i think the hardest thing to overcome is going to be kind of what you do like with your business when mm. when it goes to you're not just doing like layouts and, and very simple prompts and creating simple features on a website it's going to be a lot more custom stuff <laughs> like really custom jobs where you'll spend that long like trying to program chat to do it it'll definitely yeah. come in 10 years but... it'll come i mean we tried to build AI ourselves, like to replicate what we do, and yeah. so far we got close. But you mean Dali? not with Dali, like built our own, our own model. Ah, okay, fine. Um, but the data set we need, we needed was massive, like massive yeah, anyway. Yeah, but yeah. the the output is not quite there. Well, it's not how I want it to be. 
it's very clearly mm. yeah it's something it looks like something you put into photoshop and applied some like a range of different yeah, yeah. filters or actions it's yeah. like mm. i'm i wouldn't buy that yeah. and also for us like if you're doing custom stuff you cannot get away from the fact you send it to your customer they're gonna notice something they're gonna want that yeah, mole yeah. on the back of their dog's head to be in the photo or something yeah. Yeah. and it's like yeah. okay well still you still need that, a human to it's gonna to go one of two ways like human designers might become more in not in demand but more expensive this is what i was less saying of them, and there's not going to be as many like yeah. low cost low ball like designers because you can just do it with ai but i think probably yeah it might become more expensive to hire a human designer i think don't know. where there's merit um what i'm waiting for is the and i might even exist i don't know but like the zapier uh, zapier whatever integration um with gorgeous or something so that because I'm, I'm working really hard on like first response times at the moment. I think customer service is just such a big arm of the business that, it, you know, it represents you. And if you're getting customers in sub half an hour, like first response time, then that's amazing. And if you can do that with AI, just mm. generating responses, because <clears throat> a lot of shit is like yes, no answers. People are, are ask dumb questions and it's easy for AI to generate that response and make the customer feel like you're there like straight away. Mm. So the moment you can do that and like when your actual uh, customer support representatives are offline, if AI can fill that space in and you always keep like a, I mean, it won't even be sub half hour, it'd be like sub two minutes, yeah. you know, because it'd be all, straight mm. away. Can God just not do something similar to that now? M uh, yeah, to be fair, maybe with some shit, but I don't think to the level that is like. It's, it's more mm. like automated responses. Yeah. And you set like, a, you know, right. you set the parameters of. of right. Yeah. It's not, parameters, yeah. And there's so many conditions, like there's so many questions. I don't think you could physically have Mm. all the parameters to answer every single question but ai mm. could because it's just input output you know yeah yeah feed it your i want to bring yes. it back to the q a all right before we spend also watch that mic i think you need to tilt it up a little bit more right. i'm the mic god quick right. fire question to fucking switch quick things fire. up it has to be like a 10 second answer but i want to give people some context how much did you spend on ads in the first month that you ever ran ads first month I ever ran ads and then compared to your 20, biggest month 20 whatever probably like 200 quid 300 quid i'm gonna i have no idea this was like five six years ago yeah same literally 10 pound a day yeah probably where you started yeah how about you 50 pound a day that's some big, big dog there. jeez you yeah. come from money or what started my <laughs> overdraft boss yeah. yeah i guess it's different well, for you did, did you run ads uh no i did when i was uh running a wix agency but it was during covid and i think i put like 500 quid on and i got like 800 leads back but it's because there's such a big search volume for like mm -hmm. website designers at the time of mm. covid because everyone wanted to do e-com mm. and like move online so that was pretty good but you can't do that now <laughs> and what's the most you've ever spent in a day on ads in a day rough figure to six, illustrate the six comparison figures in a day yeah so 100 grand or 900 grand all right like between 100 and 200k yeah how about you <laughs> five figures not six but yeah same yeah like do I get a medal for winning or you've definitely spent the most yeah. I reckon I've topped like 30k what about with Neon Beach probably yeah Black Friday isn't it surely spent more than that on no. Black Friday no, no. Yeah, I suppose you had to turn your ads off yeah <laughs> not ideal right there's a load of shit questions there's more some pretty good ones I don't know if these are going to be remotely in order um, how to spot trends slash new emerging markets and I guess he's talking about e-com I feel like you're going to have to sit out a lot of this. Yeah, you feel like, well, you work with a lot of econ brands, though. Yeah. So you, you have insight. Provide the humor, mate. <laughs> but just quickly, like, my view on trends, I think it's the whole dropshipping mindset. 
jump on a trend instead of build something you want to build. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Unless yeah. I'm just retarded. And no, that's I get why it. I'm not fucking... Well, I think maybe you might agree with this, but I think there's a balance in there. So you want to get a trend, but also something that you can actually. It build. depends what space you're in. I think if you spoke to a few people that maybe are in fashion, obviously, yeah, it relies on trend forecasting and whatnot. I don't know if there's such a thing as a, a dropship in winning product trend trend forecaster, but if there is, maybe go have a look at that. But we just started doing some like interior de- interior design, home decor trend forecasting to try to figure out, you know, where we can expand next for our product. But do you think reports are useful? Because I know you just mentioned him the other day that he bought a report on something. Oh, that marketing trend. I'm not ready yet. Yeah, so. it was 163 pages, and yeah, mm. I'm not sure if it'll be useful, but yeah. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember the days like just looking at Google Trends, like going on those dropshipping websites and just seeing all that shit. But like, the funny enough, the thing that I ended up doing wasn't didn't have anything to do with that. And I think it comes down to one, either having first movers advantage, and two, being the best at what you do. Mm. And if you can come in to something that already exists and be the best in branding, have the best product because you just upgrade what already exists and make that your own, um, then you have like a clear path of success really but like if you're not the first and it's shit like you're going to get a very small slice of a big pie it's gonna be a lot of competition it's only going to get harder mm. cpas are going to increase and you're eventually going to like self-destruct yeah, you know it's just yeah it's just not it's it's, it's not gonna go go well unless you improve yeah yeah so. you don't necessarily need to know how to spot trends you can look at what's working and improve one element of that i think yeah, Greta in, in, in my course which ago. i'm plugging again here I actually said there's three ways to start a brand. I think it's so true. You either solve a problem, that's one way of looking at it, which may or may not have been solved already, but in that case, probably not solved already. You make something better. So you can always win by just going into a crowded market and making it better. It's Mm -hmm. just hard to make it better. Or you apply a new angle to something. For example, instead of sportswear, you've now got brands like Tala doing vegan sportswear, Mm -hmm. like ethically made sportswear. It doesn't even need to be the product. They've gone into a massively crowded market and just applied a new niche. Which arguably plays on the trending angle of because i think right so many people now, say yeah. everything's crowded well it is everything's crowded it's not and always a bad will thing. Be. it's not a bad thing but it doesn't but need to be if you the apply that, that thinking to it if you look yeah. at what greta did with the fifth watches it's it's a fucking watch at the end of the day yeah but did they release five watches on the fifth that was the their month, angle every month. It was and it's like, this is how we're going to make this different it's not like the watch is a watch can't really change it but the way they marketed it and the brand was what they changed and it worked really well did you when you started your business though, i know yours is but did you come up with the idea from like an area of passion or was you specifically looking for somewhere you think there's an open market where you can make some money because at the minute obviously i'm on about starting a new brand like we've been discussing it this holiday but like mine's purely passion mm. and you know that means i'll for the long term i'll enjoy it even if it's not super profitable and doesn't make a lot of money so was yours like i'm trying to find somewhere i can make a lot of money or was it like i'm really interested in this area and just wanted to create something um it's a good question not passion for sure i think i mean you'd be like dogs i like dogs but i'm <laughs> you know all right yeah look, <laughs> I like dogs. Um, yeah exactly <laughs> I think we all like dogs yeah, um, yeah but you've got a, a pet print brand that's what i mean yeah but i didn't start it because like your dog the, the number one thing in my life so. on the wall yeah said, dad yeah. make a renaissance version of yeah, it yeah yeah did you get your dog before the brand or not after Oh, in fact, I did a video shoot. You 20... bought him as an in-house model. Yeah. I nearly did. I was going to set him up on Instagram and I thought, nah, I'm not putting I could do that with Opus. No, nah, I did a video shoot and with this firm in Manchester. They were really good and they were like, oh, bring your dog. I was like, I don't have a dog. I was like, what the fuck? Like, you don't have a dog and you're running this brand. Like, that's a bit yeah. weird. I was like, is it? 
I don't think it's weird. No. It's definitely better than... But yeah, to answer the question, it was more mm. money because I wanted to fund, like, lifestyle and mm. be free and all that stuff. So, so my dad, like, this is funny, but quick story. So he actually was selling fishing bait into stores and he Lo- became, just like... loves maggots. Yeah. No, he's like, he's like boilies and stuff like that. And he was basically drop shipping from, um, I think it's like Hungary or something, not touching the product and then shipping it into stores. And I think he was doing the most units out of any like fishing brand in the UK because it was on such volume into like high street stores. Never been fishing in his life. <laughs> <laughs> like literally it's we nah, had to figure it out. Like, fucking anything. Yeah. <laughs> There's a good term that I like called ikigai. It's a Japanese term for like the combination of passion, opportunity and something else. But basically, it's what I think everyone should strive for. And I feel like I've finally got it with like the whole mushroom thing, but it took years and years of working out. Basically, it means like, what can I actually make money for from what do I like and what does the world need or some shit? And it's like the ultimate combination of passion and opportunity. I think mm. as well... Not everyone's going to get there, but that's like the North Star, I think. And the, the passion doesn't necessarily have to be for the product itself. Yeah. It can be for the... It's so cringe, but it's true. Like, yeah. for the love of creating because i mm. i think we're similar in like the jordan says that about gleaming. creative pursuit of and like getting on the pod you know making shit I, I i love the ad side like i just mm. love making the content and like seeing it go viral it's like i fucking strategized it put it together put it out that's the process i love like not necessarily yeah, the product, but like yeah 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 i'd agree with that 100 percent. i also think as well this is like a side topic but i just find it baffling how many dons on like twitter and all these fucking no ship cunts that talk a big game but Don't no one's started. ever said what they actually do yeah. they seem to all be in the game of I want to make enough money to never have to work again but then I think they're missing the point of how bored would they be if that hypothetically was oh, the yeah. case so then you should probably work on something that you would do for free anyway mm-hmm. and then it comes back full circle to like we should probably work on that now then Yeah. and it's a good question to ask yourself is what would you do if you had a billion pounds in the bank you wouldn't be sat on a beach you might think you would you might do for that a for a month days, yeah. or a week and then what I'd would probably you do? Just do this what we've been doing for the past 10 days yeah, exactly right? so then yeah. that's a good sign that you're probably doing something similar yeah yeah my life probably would not I can change literally much, just, yeah. this has been like yeah. perfect trip i feel yeah. like perfect balance so i was speaking to jimmy about it minus barley belly but yeah and it's like he wants to do something else i mean we'll do an episode with him in a few days time but mm. it's an interesting question to ask yourself what would you do if yeah. there were no limitations financially on anything uh, business-wise i don't know exactly what it it is that I'd be doing, but lifestyle-wise, it'd be very similar to what we've been doing for the past seven years. I'd just have a few more cars and shit. Common theme with the sun. I feel like there's definitely some, you know, element of, what is it? Is it not seasonal affected? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I don't feel like I'm depressed. I get that massively. Like, I'm not yeah. depressed in London from not no sun, but like mm. I'm noticeably happy. Maybe not depression, but it's like Glumliness. an indifference to a lot of shit. Just yeah. indifference. Yeah, it's it, it, then we we have the comparison now because we you know I've done we've done Dubai, Bali, London, and I look back at London, going back to London, I'm kind of fucking scared to think how shit's gonna be. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love London, but I am definitely leaning sun, towards sun not being in London at all in winter now. I think yeah. finally the straws broke the camel's back. Like the past four months, it's so shit. It's I'm not really even it's not it even more now, productive. It's not even more productive. You definitely have better ideas when you're fucking caffeinated and sunburnt. <laughs> yeah, I think mm. co- company and weather are just the, the two main yeah, things. Company, yeah, company is Because if yeah. like you could come here solo, I don't think it'd be as good. I mean, you experience. would meet people very quickly though. Yeah, especially if you're on Twitter and so on. Yeah, but it, like <laughs> the sort of person you meet, I'm not like been a dick about it, but it might be like, oh, like teach me how to run an ad, teach me how to do this, teach yeah. me how to do like. Or they're like camper freelancers or some shit. Yeah. yeah, I do like the whole fucking nomad meme. It's like Don's are in Bali because they just can't afford to be in the West. 
quite deep. <laughs> but yeah, there is a bit of that. All right, next question. Um, Bali's not that cheap as well. No, like it's in not. some areas, but some areas are. Actually, actually like it was pretty cheap. But no, so we've had one dinner that was maybe for context, just for people listening. We had two steaks, two drinks, and that was twenty nine pounds. Which is kind of fucked. And that was my first, like, oh yeah, Bali's way cheaper. Mm. That's not even as cheap as it used to be, though. Really? That is cheap compared to London. But then other places, it's like, like what was it? Like, ten um, ten pound a drink, and that's like Kong. London. So, huh? On In... that Kong, like six hundred quid. Yeah. Six people. Yeah, yeah Kong with Chris. Yeah. yeah, when I came yeah, right yeah. in. <laughs> no, yeah, that was two. That's London price. No, that was five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a few each. places that have been to that have been like UK prices, isn't there? It's because yeah. they've realised there's a demand. Yeah, mm. <laughs> you're not. Yeah, not but they're gonna pay, pop are people you? off. Like, like, everyone's the whole, that. whole reason people come to Bali is because like, oh, it's cheap, digital nomad. Yeah. I'm gonna live here and do fuck all. But our, our accommodation as well is like not cheap. I think yeah, it was because of the time. It was the last one available yeah. for New Year's Eve, so that's probably why. Mm. If I was the owner, I'd be doubling my prices yeah, too. Yeah, true. All right, another question following on from that, which I've tweaked slightly because it's a stupid question. How do you find fulfillment and continued motivation when money isn't like desperation to make money isn't the driving force? Obviously, you always want to make more money or whatever, but like it's when you question. when you pass that need to just quit your job or whatever, and I think it kind of relates to what I just said about doing yeah. something you would do for free anyway. But what do you think? Well, you obviously need if mon like money can't be a reason why. I think it's stupid because there's there's it just never ends. Oh, I want to make a million. You make a million. I'm not happy anymore. I want to make ten million. Probably make ten million. You won't be happy then. It's just a never ending like chasing the carrot type thing and then once you become aware of that carrot yeah do you know what milan shout out milan he tweeted uh he's a not, wise don if you're not happy if you're not happy sipping your coffee you're not gonna be happy on your yacht you know i read that it's, like, it's so true like if you're not you gotta fucking enjoy the little things and then you can upgrade like definitely mm. take that progressive aspect of life well i do feel like probably if you did grow a business to a certain size and you've had enough of it you've got all this money I'd probably go into doing more charity work because I feel like that would give you a lot of fulfillment mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. like actually helping people. Yeah, tipping like tipping some of the guys out here who were capped. What is it? They're capped on three hundred pound yeah. a month. Or something. So some, I think somebody told me basically the government set like a limit on how much like certain people can earn in certain yeah. in certain jobs. I have to fact check that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we have to fact check that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think I think that's all well and good, but I think a lot of people that probably I don't know. If that this sort of person listens to the podcast, but I think a lot of people that their goal is money. They think their goal is money. And you suggest, oh, you should go into charitable work. It's like, no, fuck off. I'm buying a supercar. No, I, think, yeah. I think the important point there, and tell me what you think on this, I think you have to make a bit of money to taste it for yourself, whether it's just enough to buy your first stupid car like I did or whatever, you know, get a nice flat. Because I think the difference between like, being a student or living with your parents and making a bit of money is way, way bigger than the difference between a bit of money and a hundred million. Because from the outside, yeah. it looks the same. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even though we all know it's not. But there is a graph there on happiness yeah, versus exactly. uh, how much money somebody's earning. And it's very, it ends yeah. very quickly. In like 50 grand. And then... Yeah. So it's to 50 grand, there's a big jump from like 20 to 50K. Then from 50 to 100, there's another like quite sizable jump. What, month or year? Uh, yeah. But then. <laughs> I think that it, to million it's like averages. tiny bit, but then yeah. past a million, like it just Nothing. basically flatlines at one point. Yeah, but thing is, like I think you you can tell people that as many times as you want, but they will not believe. But you that's know, what I'm until saying. Until so they try it, it, and they'll, they'll be it. like, "Fucking yeah. hell, Jordan Hill, wise guy." <laughs> it's crazy as well what most people assume. Like, if they look at the, but as you said, you look from the outside in, it looks like the lifestyle is so much more expensive than it actually is. 
Yeah. When in reality, it's a mixture of leveraging Amex points to get free flights. Yeah. Spending min- like in Bali is obviously cheaper than being in Dubai. Dubai is fucking expensive, and you know, it's, I wouldn't say it's, I don't know. That's another conversation. But mm. yeah, you, how much would you say you need monthly to live from country to country, working abroad, doing most things you like, but enjoying the fine five things? grand? I reckon is a Say fair f- five grand five, a month. Five to yeah. seven, even in London. After tax. Well, I think the, di- the difference yeah. in London <laughs> is you don't do you don't go out as much, right? Because it, yeah. Whereas in Bali, you can probably go out all the time and still spend less in London. But if you went mm. out all the time in Dubai, twice price of London. Right. I think another point on the whole money thing though. Like society is conditioned to measure success based on money. And like income is money and like richness is money. But like you said to me, and it's so true, no one talks about time freedom, location freedom, creative, like creative. Think of it as like another element of richness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because like if if you can make 50 grand a year from a laptop doing something you love, living where you want, Mm -hmm. that's better than making 500 grand a year doing 18 hours a day in the city, I think. Because also you don't. It's your network as well. I think you're rich in. You, like, probably out of most of us because of the podcast, are rich in network as well. And I think yeah. you probably wouldn't, well, I, mean, I might be wrong, but you probably wouldn't trade your network and the people you have around you and, like, doing shit like this and going on holiday with, like, people you get on with. You probably wouldn't trade where you're at now making what you're making with that environment for, you know, making 10 times more a year, but you're probably on your own. No, no, I wouldn't. exactly. So you are you're rich. But it's in funny because people don't basically only ever use money as the tracker of richness or wealth, whatever it's just it is. The easiest. It's but just no one default. talks about health, lifestyle, mm. location, freedom, time, freedom, network, enjoyment. Mm. When actually they're all as relevant to make like a net richness, yeah. whatever the yeah, fuck yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think no, when, you, when right. you get to one of them as well, you start to you start to focus on the others more. So like when you you get a bit of a taste for money, then you start to focus more on your health and stuff yeah, like that. That's like. True, yeah. I yeah, I think gym for especially I know for us too, it's like a massive part of non-negotiables. After every session, you always feel good, and it's just a like, part I of routine. Two shit sessions past two days. Yeah, you still went. Sunstroke and then a hangover. Mm. Yeah. Still went though. Yeah. That is right though, because like in COVID, when I was sort of having my come up, like health, just even though people are doing like home workouts, just put it on the back burner. Mm. But then now it's like actually I have a little bit more money, but now I'm taking time out in the daytime to go to the gym and mm-hmm. like blocking out. You're definitely day. not. I actually <laughs> come like every single day. You smoke this fucking <laughs> Coca-Cola vape and laughs at me. Don't expose me. <laughs> no, but when I'm at home, because I have fucking nothing else to do anyway. But here's a lot more distractions. <laughs> right, next question. Bit of a boring one, but probably quite relevant. Main things to systemize and automate ASAP in an econ business. Customer service. Oh my god, that was the. There's one person we're speaking about. I'm not going to name who needs to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just Customer like service. Absolute no brain. I remember honestly at the start. I think it's the absolute first one. Four hours a day, like in the very starting phase. And I feel like you have to, but you do have to go through it because you're the one who makes. And this is very like basic level one shit. But you make all the templates to then give to the. Um, customer service reps who join you so it's like mm. you have to go through it become a jack of all trades learn every single department so if in the start in the worst case scenario that one of your hires drops out you can fill in because you know there's gonna there's gonna be emergency moments and you might have to mm. do that you don't even but have to do you don't have to make a template yourself like you can probably hire a very competent very experienced yeah manager and just be like look i've got a lot of shit coming in can you just log in figure out the issues 
figure out how to answer it. I'm thinking more from like a low cost thing because like you'd have to hire someone to do that if you had no money. Yeah, if you just start, no you'd money, get yeah. a VA. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, um, like just like I've got some people I can I could probably start a new business tomorrow. It could be totally unrelated to anything I've ever done. I could be like, hey, just manage the customer support. No idea what people are going to ask. Here's the login. Yeah, do it for a week. That's a good person though. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, pretty rare. After customer service, anything else? I think a next obvious one is media buying. I don't think way too many founders stick on that way too long. Mm. Even, even me, I put it off. Do you know yeah. what? I, I but think again, that, you definitely have to understand it yourself. I think that's yeah. because... like well, Maybe you don't, but I would probably say you should. Most courses, are, I mean, back when we started, it was like... They are ads how courses. To, how to scale They're not business to, courses. To a billion, it's like... Yeah. And then you identify yourself as... I was I identified myself as the media buyer for way too long, mm-hmm. and I actually spoke to I remember speaking to Taylor Holiday at CTC before I signed up with them. I'm not with them anymore, but and I was saying I'm unsure about this. Like, I, 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 this is what I do every day. Like, I don't know what I'd be doing. He was like, "No, you're the CEO. Like, your job is to build the company. Your job's not to be running the you're ads. The conductor, not the violinist. Exactly. So he's yeah. a wise guy. Yeah, I would say customer service, ads, and then the next thing would be fulfillment. That's a controversial one because I think can't relate. Mm. Work as a print on demand, mm. but it, it's good obviously to have like different experience within different aspects of your business. But then, like within the Shopify industry, there's a lot of scamming going on, like particularly around like pricing of projects and stuff. Like, but that you as a brand owner, it's one, probably one of the hardest things. You don't know how to code, you don't know how long stuff takes. You get a little bit of an inkling, like you'll know from doing so many different projects. But there is a hell of a lot of scamming out there uh, because that is kind of one area that you have to spend years yeah. to even know how to I've been scammed. <laughs> I got scammed it, yeah. probably last year, mate. <laughs> what, from yeah. a project? Dev, dev, dev project. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Like, we've just done a project for, I think it was like 6K we charged and the agency that spoke to you before were charging 40K for the exact same that thing. Was, sure that wasn't me? <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> I've heard of some yeah, ridiculous shit. website change stories where they spend like 60 bags on a 60 grand on a uh, new site publish it that, that you both literally revert. talking about me I swear down <laughs> yeah, yeah mate mate yeah. yours is worse than that I've told you I've not. Yeah, it yeah. kind of makes Same sense though like you make a <laughs> Name, drastic no change to the site like the whole navigation is different so mm. yeah the algo hates it and customer journey is just different it's just a relearning phase but haven't done that yet with mine. I think graphics are most important. But yes. Got another one to outsource. Go on. Taxes. Sales tax. VAT. Get it sorted. I'll get someone to sort it. But no one talks about it. Yeah. They're, I mean, yeah. True. I think just bit, you're, you kind of need P&Ls. to know your numbers yourself, yeah. really. Like, just being as granular as possible. Even to this day, like every three months, I'll, have, I'll be... I'll find something else. Like, oh shit! How do I not have it in? And you just mm. keep adding, keep adding. Like the more granular, the better. And the, you know, it's there's just so many small saving points that actually make a massive difference when you extrapolate it out twelve months. Um, yeah, my but, fucking fulfillment center came back last week and said they've been charging me fifty p too much for every single shipment since May. Really? <laughs> yeah, my brother audited me like grand. our invoices UK for one of our suppliers, and he was like, Adam, yeah, they've been charging us like the non-discounted pricing for like three months. It's in the people. Well, it was my fault. I don't know how I didn't notice that. Just fucking stupid. I think one one of the biggest things this year that's been kind of crazy is like as like the founder, some of my founder roles have changed to be like more focused on payment terms, uh, how to save money in different areas. Even we were talking earlier, like the if you're if you're selling internationally, like some of the FX fees are fucked. Like there's, there's such 
big room. I spent 100 grand on FXVs in 2020 without even realizing it because I was mm. so keen on getting points. That's how yeah. stupid yeah. I yeah. was. <laughs> Same. I was putting all USD through Amex, not realizing they charged a fucking conversion fee. Yeah. Because I wanted yeah. the points. Should have got a USD card. Didn't even think. Mm. It's retarded. Yeah, yeah, quick tip. If you're selling internationally, let's say like you, you're a UK company selling mainly to the US, have your, have your site in the default currency of like the, where your audience are from um because shopify's margin is like 1.5 percent and that's it, it adds up so much mm. um and you can avoid that and just pay the fx rate fee from whoever you're connected with but yeah that's, mm. and it's all out yeah yeah there's still be a little charge but it's not 1.5 so six figures for sure people always do this thing like i've seen a lot of it on twitter recently but it's cancel your cards and then you'll realize how much sass you actually spend yeah or like seen, seen an agency on a tweet about that today. Yeah, yeah i was like I'm, don't know if to do that or not like I wish I could be asked with the admin every quarter to say. And then why, why do you cancel your card though? Can you not just no, check what you're paying no, for? Yeah, and then you've got staff. Uh, like, especially if you've got staff that are using stuff and you've got like a big team. It's like they'll message you saying the payments stopped, and then you actually put it in because you know that that's being used. But then there's probably a lot of stuff right. that staff have like asked for the card for you paying for every month. Is it not just a lazy way of going through and auditing like these yeah, subscriptions? Yeah, it is, yeah. Basically, yeah. Just go on zero or QuickBooks and cancel everything. Yeah. <laughs> But then you don't have to ask like who's you, using this. Do you go through statements every month or not? Um, I don't, but someone does. And then he'll like he sends me a list of like what's this for, what's this for, what's this for, anything Aww. that's new. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then at the end of every year, he'll like send me a list of these are all Flame your spa seminar. What's this? <laughs> <laughs> these are all your software. I'm getting that question next week. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> and so Google, Google search volume spikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just send, just overflow that entire place. Uh, <laughs> Great restaurant. You need a fucking yeah. <laughs> good restaurant. Isn't it? Really Referral good restaurant. Codes. Yeah. Matt Hoosius. Yeah, I want an affiliate link. We're making more from that than the pod. That's a great fucking business. Um, I got loads of fucking questions. I feel like some of them are really boring because like actual business shit, which can't be fucked speaking about. But I'm gonna ask them anyway. Best lean team structure for like a kind of bedroom brand that's growing. It's kind of similar to the question we just asked. Like, what's the first people you should Best hire? Best lean team structure. How lean do you want? Like, three people? Four well, because I always find it weird when people say, like, who's on your team? But you don't really... Like, so many fucking agencies and shit. They're, like, core teams, like, four people. But mm. if you actually count the agencies and 3PL, it's probably, like, 20 people that work on the business. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting, actually, that everyone around this table is completely fully remote. Like, no, no one here actually has an office. It's, yeah. Like, I think that's a better question. Remote versus office versus in between so it's something I do all the time mm. no oh, so i think probably in office there's a lot more communication stuff and there is a lot to be said for like communicating in that way so you're not having to jump on calls all the time sometimes it's information just gets passed around a lot better um but for cost saving you just can't beat it and you can spend that money on employee happiness because if you actually put it down to like per square foot like desk rent rates if you if you wasn't like just uh in like a small co-working space the cost of having an office is actually probably much higher than you realize mm. um yeah i think i could probably build a bigger business quickly if i had an office and everyone yeah. was like here but i wouldn't yeah. be as happy as i am now but i think employees as well don't actually realize how expensive it is to have the office so like in a co-working space i was in it was 400 pound a desk mm. and then if you're paying someone 20 grand a year that's like an extra nearly five grand on top of the wage which they don't realize whereas mm. You could actually just take that money and put that into hiring a better person or employee happiness and that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's when the world's changed, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
everyone's still trying to figure out what the best balance is. Uh, grass is always greener though, isn't it? Like yeah. I've been thinking the past few months, oh, if I had an office, I could do this, I could do that. Be like communication would be so much faster. We could spin stuff out way mm. easier. Mm. But then I, I guarantee that if I set that up and I invested the amount of money you're talking about investing in like a in-person setup and getting the in-person staff, three months down the line, I'd be like, absolutely fuck this. Like yeah. get rid of it all. And also, do you think you'd feel the pressure to go into the office? I was, yeah, I was just yeah, <laughs> And I'd feel very guilty right now. And I know some people, they'll when they go traveling or whatever, they do not post on social media mm. whatsoever because they feel guilty about their team at home. Yeah, fuck yeah. that. Because then, yeah, it's your business though. Like you build it, like. If yeah. it, and if they're if they're jealous of this or that, it's like, well, build something yourself and go do it. Mm. Yeah, it's hard. There's definitely a transition as a founder. Like when the bigger your team gets, um, the more of a responsibility you have to like actually motivate. Because one of the biggest things I learned is you need everyone to be on the same page about what the vision is mm. like you, you mm. can bottle up a lot of stuff and assume that any new hire is going to get what you get yeah but until you actually tell them and you both you all have the same north star you're all collaborating on this to the same goal that's what speeds shit up i think a lot of people just hold that back and there's there's not enough clarity on uh what, so the, what the roadmap is yeah i uh, think it's important as well like that's something i've been really really bad at until maybe earlier this year communicating this is what we're trying to build. This is where we're at now. Mm-hmm. And this is your role in it now. But this is what we're trying to build. And this is why your role is important in the journey yeah. to achieving this vision. I think giving employees a voice as well. Because yeah. like you may just think that your idea is always the best, but there always is better ways around certain things. Mm. And like, because they're actually working in specific areas of the business all the time, they may come up with ideas that you don't. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's it's hard. I think the culture of, you know, the countries that you're probably hiring is also difficult to for them to understand that oh, I can be outspoken, I can provide ideas, I can tell my boss yeah, that he's yeah. been an idiot. I, I, I'm very clear with, um, if any of my team listen to this, they'll know who, that I'm talking about them. Cause like, yeah. even two days ago, I was on a call, I was like, right, we need to start using this. And one of my staff was like, um, do you want me to help you with that? Or are you good? I was like, you know the answer to that. Like, yeah. I'm useless with that. You know how to do this, like just mm. help. Yeah, yeah. Some of the, one of the biggest realizations in, business is like one of them for me is like how much of a people game it is when you get at scale because the moment you get your first a player is like actually the best feeling you're like holy shit mm. yeah. like when you have so like you're an a, you have to be an a player yourself when you have two a players it's like fuck they can do they can do something i can't and then yeah. you have three then it's like four five six and that's like sure here's, here's a question yeah. here's a question how do you know if you have an a player on your team or not maybe the like biggest thing for me is not having to follow up on things it's done yeah. Like I don't have to check anything. It's already done. Yeah. That's the biggest difference. And I've had shit people in the past. Yeah. Now I've got a few good people. Everyone What if it's good. like very basic tasks that they're doing without being checked on? Are they still an A player or are A players like high level high level tasks, like complex stuff? Well I think everything on time and everything as it should be. And then planning and initiative mm-hmm. is kind of going above and beyond. Yeah, that's it. Above and beyond, superstar, they're all the same kind of terms that... Over-deliver, like, there's such a fucking problem. And do like, you think there is... With shit people... Because I know, does. like, the probably the most popular place people are hiring is probably the Philippines. Um, do you think there are more A-player play, a type people in other countries that people perhaps should be looking at hiring VAs from? I, think that's I don't have anyone from the Philippines anymore. But it's, all right. I mean, but I mean, most people who are starting, they're probably looking I've towards that way. For operations, Colombia is pretty good. But like I haven't gone down that route, mm. you know. I, 
it depends what kind of structure you want i feel like in the philippines specifically like a lot of people do go with the mindset that they're gonna try and save as much money as possible that's definitely mm. starting point yeah, yeah yeah but i think yeah. like actually double what you was gonna your original budget was and you could get those like really 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 good people within eastern europe within the philippines. pretty good yeah like people do go just as naturally just trying to, to get the cheapest possible work they can but actually you're going to get a lot more for your money in that country it's still the same so if you do go with like you know pay the grand two grand a mm. month to somebody over there that's where you're going to get these like proper sick people who mm. so just naturally take things off your plate a good exercise is going on blue chip companies or massive companies on linkedin just scrolling through their employees seeing where they're from yeah, yeah. like what's their structure do you think that's all a facade though because i've heard people say like oh you need you need all UK people for your UK company if you want to ever build to sell all this. Or is that just maybe? Is that maybe ten years ago. Nah. I now think LinkedIn is a bad place to hire people. Almost I feel like Twitter's better. Yeah, tw yeah. two of the people probably, that work yeah, me yeah. now message me on Twitter. Yeah. That's how we got to know each other. Yeah, we're about to get a lot of DMs, mate. I think said that. Yeah, but like, I don't know. Like, what's changed in it? Nah, LinkedIn yeah, right. feels like the university equivalent just, versus like I online education. Hate LinkedIn. Mm. I hate it. It's just. There's a lot of people with big titles. Nine to five. Yeah. Here's here's your new shiny job title. You're not doing much, but you sound like you are. Yeah. You're exactly. Exactly. Like well. fucking so vice president you know, of something. I, yeah. I heard, um, Fuck you do. As expensive as they are, a lot of people who I've spoken to have had exits, and like I've just you know talked about like what was the source and everything, and in creating a, a good team and recruitment agencies were a big part of it. I worked one of the past. It was a horror show. Really? Oh uh, yeah. I guess it depends who you work with then. But like maybe for specific roles like growth roles or whatever like you do get yeah. guys because the thing is they have intel on who wants to leave companies mm. you don't get that intel on linkedin because mm. you're trying to poach and shit but they yeah don't. i think for like important like managerial shit that's probably the right way to go yeah i think it's going to niche recruitment companies so like if you was hiring a marketing role go specific to them and then there'll be like operational yeah. roles because they when they're like feeding through people they need to have knowledge on what's good what isn't do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. they're not just like checking CVs for you. You know what I struggle with when it gets to like hiring people like that. It's like I don't know what I don't know about that. Exactly. Role. Like, yeah. what does the job? What? Who What's am I? Who am I actually looking for? What am I actually looking for them to do here? Mm. Like, because if I just give them a list of shit that I've been doing, it it may well be that they look at it like, well, that's gonna last me an hour a day. What do you want me to do the other seven hours a day? I'm like, yeah. Fuck, like, I think that's why you say like, this is the problem how do we solve it? And then they come back to you and tell you what the solution is. Because mm. as you say, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. So that's how you see if they're filling in the gaps that right. you have in your company. And this is from conversations I've had with like fucking big boys. Okay. So that's the tips. That's I one thing I always think when I'm hiring the like high level. I'm like, yeah, what am I, what do I actually need them to do here? Like mm. it's, yeah. Yeah. Like I would really like someone just to run the business. Right. What's <laughs> right. CEO yeah, or what? <laughs> what would you? What's your ideal role? Like creative director? I don't want to do anything that isn't product and brand, basically. And yeah. that's basically everything so I do right now. That's like kind of head of head of growth, head of fucking creative. I don't know. But surely like brand includes like communications, and some of those emails need to be approved. That poem was Chat GPT special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. But that's because I'm spending so much time fucking dealing with supply chain. Yeah, and all that bullshit. Why don't you get a supply chain manager? Do you reckon that could be? I it? mean, Florian's going to start doing that. He does customer service now. It's a fucking beast. Mm. If he's listening. So you got one. You got one. The yeah, uh, customer service rep. Yeah. Mad. Well, he's, uh, he's not full time either. Uh. He's just solid. And he came from the pod. He worked for free for a month. Over delivered. Yeah. 
and now he's fucking. The over delivery thing. It's so because I'm. You know, so many people under deliver. It pisses me off. So when you <laughs> when you see someone like the one I'm thinking of, that fucking <laughs> still chasing. Oh me off. yeah. Deliver the goods and I'll pay you. You haven't delivered them. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I think we can all agree it was. Just, yeah. I don't know. Like, has fucking TikTok culture just made people shit at their jobs? Maybe yeah. UG seeing like this is how much we expect to be paid for a thirty-second mm. video and. Or it's one. It's point. one like leader of that niche saying you can get more money for this, and then yeah. they're like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, and someone makes it's a course entirely. about how to double your prices, and then lo yeah. and behold, that's the new yeah. floor. Corrupts so. the industry like. I could go on a rant about this. You won't. The whole entitlement <laughs> from like certain freelancers and creators that think because you're a brand owner, you're a fucking billionaire sitting on a yacht that's I never worked. There's a lot of that in copywriting and email stuff as well. What, overpriced or? No, like a lot of courses that are just like basically how to extract as much money as possible uh, from a brand yeah, owner. Do good work. Do <laughs> good work. Well, yeah, it's the aim of the game, isn't it? Everyone, like every business owner is obviously thinking about how, same with AOV with us, how are we going to get more like more money out of the customers you buy in the store. You know, they buy yeah, but I think you more liken what you just mentioned. You're more liken that for us. It's like cost saving. Like, how can I renegotiate this with my supplier? How do I, how do I lower my wages or shit like that? Yeah. That's what I would liken to the agency. How do we pull more cash out of our clients? Sort of yeah. Whereas like what you're talking about is, well, it's nicer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many ways to do it. Yeah. Next question. I feel like there's loads of questions I'm coming up with on the back of questions. Um, how to find a good supplier? Trial and error, simple. Like yeah, that's that's a long one. I suppose initially people would go to China. That's kind of where you start. Some of the OG methods were Facebook groups. Surprisingly, or not going to Depeche <laughs> Mandalia's group. OG. We used to go there. You'd say like you'd literally post any uh, looking for a supplier for. Uh, I don't know if you, I can't remember if I said the product or not. This is for a different thing. And you get a load of uh, messages come through. Obviously, do your de due diligence in Facebook Messenger, back and forth, get a good price. The main thing is literally messaging 15 suppliers, finding out each of their quotes, and then playing their prices against each other. So if you go with the first one, you just... Would you say when, and then you, when, you, hire, well. when you source it from China, is it worth hiring a sourcing agent to help you as well? Or not? Oh, actually... Uh, I would, but it's difficult because the, the structure, so the, the it changes so much over time. Do you know what I mean? I think at, very, at the very, very start, mm. you're better off just finding the product that works and then you can change the structure later on. And, you know, because you're never going to be start with one product, really, unless you're a clear green. Mm. But you, there's, yeah, I feel like the business changes so much over time. Um, it is handy having a sourcing agent because then they do all the negotiation and you can't speak Chinese, yeah, exactly. so, well, I can't. Start <laughs> mm, in the next 20 minutes in fluent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone actually been done by a supplier? Yeah. Uh, no. First, no. First Midnight City supplier, I got scammed like 30k. I delivered a load of shit, they went black, couldn't sell it, I had to restart the brand five months later. Oh, yeah. Wow. Did you? that get delivered to that office? You got loads of, yeah, you got loads of samples, I remember. Yeah. But yeah. Did it turned green or something. And then obviously Neon Beach was another fucking huge one. Yeah, Fucked in the arse a few times. Only in business. <laughs> <laughs> a good sourcing agent would like take responsibility for that. That's, I think that's why it's good. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's, that's the difficulty of hopping from one to another. You never build a long You also want to build a bit of leverage with them to the point where you're, you know you're a good 
like now I'm I'm just squeezing my pricing down on space good shit because they've told me that I'm one of their biggest clients, which I shouldn't have done. Yeah. So like payment terms, unit prices, everything. Yeah. Because I know that if I stop working with them, it's a big chunk. Mm-hmm. There's economies of scale. So you want to build a relationship with them, which is mutually beneficial and sell them the vision as well. Harder to do right at the start. You got to build a bit of trust by paying them and shit, but yeah. But you, you can use that approach in every single aspect of the business. Mm. Like we were talking about yesterday, uh, credit card fees and Stripe and call up, say we're doing this volume. How do we get it down? Yeah. Or can we get it down? Like they, a lot of them say, yeah, like in yeah. different areas. So it's worth asking. Like when I got triple points with Amex for a whole year. Tried that, didn't wow. work. That was just by calling us. I got double. Six triple. Points. I got fuck all. I had the most in the UK. Oh, apparently. It's much? like a folklore. I had like 15 million points at one point. 15 mil? That was in the account at one time. I earned 15 that. mil? Yeah. That's ridiculous. What the? I've got a screenshot of 11 mil. I never screenshotted after that. Wow. Give I me, just wish give it was pounds, not points. Give me a year. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. No. Um... Next question. I mean, there's loads. These are probably a bit random. They can maybe have more structure between them. I'm chopping and changing. 15 mil points. What the f- Sorry. <laughs> I swear on my life. I'm not exaggerating. To put it into perspective, a first class to Dubai is 100k points most of the time. Mm. So mm. that's. I, I don't really get that. <laughs> that's 150 flights to Dubai. Uh, is it? Yeah. yeah uh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> the only, only stuff I can put on Amex is just like software. <laughs> it's like really? a people business, isn't it? So. You need to start that brand, mate. I know, yeah. Yeah. That's the only reason I started a brand again, to get points. Yeah. <laughs> All I was saying, I'm going to start buying them off Adam. It's not even, <laughs> points aren't even worth that much. Like, nah, it's really not. not as valuable as you think not. when you actually break it down. Yeah. Anyway, next question. It's quite an interesting one. Biggest influences from age 16 to 24? I guess you're just saying like... Influences or influencers right now? No, biggest in- influence on your life, in basically in your youth that... That made you become who you are. Oh shit! Can we go through all the OG names again? Oh <laughs> my god! We're saying people, books, experiences. It's basically saying is yeah. I go around totally different for all of us. Like people, books, experiences. Well, it's, just, it's a broad <clears> question. <throat> of what kind of set you off on the path? I think is what he's saying. Oh, I mean, I mean, we're probably someone's going to mention four-hour work week. I haven't read that. That's yeah. I'm, I've not read it either. What? Okay, Jim, you, you've not read it either? I've not read it, but Jim read it. <laughs> so no one's not saying, oh, shit. Okay, yeah. four-hour work week, yeah. yeah. Like, probably not what you'd expect, but... The Pesh Goos- Mandalian nah, Goos- Zero Squad. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Guzman back in the day, because I used to be into fitness and shit. Yeah. I feel like he instilled a lot Ogus of traits. and Chris Lovato. Yeah, Matt Legend. Ogus. Oh, jeez. What about... Um, have you read MJ DeMarco's books? No. Millionaire Fast Lane? No. I didn't read any of that shit. Mate, Dot com secrets? I just oh, had it in me. That set me off. I just knew fair. when I was 12 years old I was an entrepreneur. I didn't know what I'd do. Yeah. I think it was like 14, 15. But... Nah, those three books very good. People, I'm not going to name any names because I think we've made a lot of... Murray Edwards, seven bigger groups. Murray Edwards, yeah. <laughs> Murray Edwards. Tim Facebook Bird. groups back in the day. Fuck. Shotgun they were Matthews. probably the first thing that actually properly pushed me to actually doing stuff rather than thinking about it. Yeah. Then a Singapore event in yeah. September 2017. That was the classic. Mm. Yeah. Some big big start names. Of everything. James B. Jordan Smythe. Demetrius Gaddis. How old was he when you actually Shit. started? Steve Tan. Fuck. How old were you when you actually started? Pretty late. What dropshipping? Like just in business like in 20. general. Like started business. in business. Yeah. I mean, wait, twenty's not late. It depends. It depends what counts as business. Don's have got hundred hundred thousand pound a month stores at fourteen years old. Yeah, but it's selling. Like yeah, but it's calcium. Yeah. I was nineteen when I started my first thing. Probably. Mine was nineteen. Well. If you don't count eBay, yours. I was sixteen doing that. 
Yeah, it depends what you count as a business. Like Gentry yeah. Club is 19. That's my I first Shopify store. using mum and dad's PayPal on eBay, like buying shit from DH Gate when I was like 15. Go and on then, selling on, selling on eBay. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> I was 16. Grew, yeah. my, grew my first Insta page at fucking 15. Yeah, because when I first met you, I, I didn't think you started that young because you went to uni and shit. I thought you were like, nah, but that's... this guy fucking, he's, I went... not, he's not really got it because he went to uni. <laughs> he didn't. He went to uni. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but he finished. So yeah, I. but I, you know, mate, oh, I, shit. you understand, I didn't, I didn't do anything, <laughs> like, I don't recommend that, but I literally just did it for my mum, I'm not going to lie, like, I yeah. didn't even do well, but I just fucking did it. What did you get, 2-2? Two, two? Yeah, I got 2-2. Two, two. That's not even worth having. English, <laughs> like, exactly, but, you know, I just knew that yeah. what I was doing was more important, so. Mm. But I didn't I think it's one of those, you know, like people talk about that analogy of like, oh, you're playing poker, you've got a shit hand, but you just keep, you stay in the round, you keep calling the race. I think that the mindset is because that you, you're there's, like no, halfway in. there's no plan B. Like if you actually, if you're yeah. really about it, there's yeah. no plan yeah. B. Yeah, it's yeah. always A. Yeah. Like yeah. 100%. I think if you burn your bridges, like you give yourself no other option. Yeah. yeah. I think the riskiest thing you, you can do, which I unfortunately never did, none of us did, is go and get like a grad job and get into the matrix. I think uni Very is nearly. the window because most people go to uni realistically. Because I went knowing I'd leave, I just went because what the fuck else you do? Mm. You meet girls and shit, and it's fine. Yeah, I mean, but I think the risky thing is if I'd stuck in uni, for example, gone and got the grad job, and then before you know, it, you've got rent, you've got a salary, all your mates then, aren't the entrepreneurs. Idea, the idea of quitting the best job time and starting to, something to, is yeah, is exactly. the biggest risk in the world. The best like, time to do serious. it. Is when you have nothing to lose, which is probably uni time or before. Mate, I had a really, really good job like before I quit. So, what, like, what were you doing? Uh, so first it was marketing, and then the company actually changed into like uh, selling to schools, which is why I ended up selling to schools. But it's was a good story. So I was telling you guys the other day, but and I missed this out my actual pod. But when I started my business, it was selling to schools as well. So it was because I saw this opportunity. It wasn't selling the same product, so. I went down the route of uh, starting it. They found out basically, and then got sacked and sued. Mm-hmm. And they like tried to sue me, but I was living at home and I didn't want to tell my parents about anything about it. So I'd wake up in the morning. Uh, it's it literally like gross misconduct. Like literally took me downstairs. Like get out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> after working for four years, like I had a really good job as well, like earning peas on commission and stuff. But uh, yeah, I was getting ready in the morning, putting on like a suit driving to my mate's house at nine o'clock in the morning as if I was starting work, working from my friend's house and dealing with a solicitor and being sued for literally weeks. Because I knew that they, they were basically saying like cease and desist and like shut the business. Yeah. So, and I was getting advice from my brother and stuff and he was basically saying, nah, just ignore it. So, uh, yeah, so I was dealing with that. But my, I know that my parents' advice would be fucking hell. <laughs> like just close it down, like, do you know what I mean? And get yeah. scared. So but it's risk aversion, isn't it? Yeah, and so, until I knew it was okay, that was the only time I actually told him that i'm not you know i don't even have a job anymore and it was one morning i've come down at like 10 a.m and they're going how are you at work you're gonna be late yeah. i'm like just dressed in casual clothes i'm like right i got someone to tell you um yeah basically i'm self-employed <laughs> parents support but is a big topic I mean, do you think yeah. like because you got fired from that job that was like your burning the bridges moment and you're like right shit i'm gonna have to yeah have absolutely no choice and yeah. I, got, I had 900 quid in my account as well exactly so, i think you have to have that yeah put yourself in a position where you just can't fail and there's there's definitely exceptions at the same time because there will be some people who do have a job and then quit and then do make like Huel, the founder of Huel. yeah he's like 45 yeah exactly so like there are definitely exceptions it's not like a one Mm. one path and i just find for me that sort of thing works but i don't don't put you back against the wall yeah i agree i don't condone it but i think that you know if you was looking to start a business can't you can run a job 
and on the evening in your spare time start something so there's not that risk of just quitting and starting you can still do that because essentially that's what i did like mm. started a fucking SaaS training company that sells mental yeah, health courses enough. like yeah. on an evening and it took me two weeks exactly. to actually make it <laughs> it's like what, what do you it's the yeah i think if you're going home watching tv and not building something going you home ex- watching tv and then complaining to your mates that are building businesses or building yeah. businesses. Exactly. How do you do that? How do you do that? Teach me. Why do you yeah. teach me? Yeah. Fucking stop watching TV on yeah. a, on the night. And like, I don't, don't want to be like Molly Mae. So getting smashed so like every weekend, eating shit. 24 hours and get cancelled. But like, yeah. you, if you're chilling, you've, you've got time to be doing stuff. Like I was exactly. fucking still like staying up for like 3am, 4am, exactly. going to bed, back to work at 9am. Granted, I didn't have kids and all this kind of shit, but there's still going to be time. You put the kids to bed at nine, right? They've got them three hours. You want to chill and say like, oh, I need my rest and stuff. If you're really about it. Yeah, that's it. It's just priorities. Time, yeah. Everyone's got the time. It's just priorities. No yeah. such thing as don't have time. No. It's just, you don't have Sleep an hour mm. less or something. I don't know. Yeah. Not my problem. Figure yeah. it out yourself. The girls tells you you shouldn't have time. Focus on yourself. <laughs> Focus on yourself, King. Yeah. But like coming here gives you context. Like there's fucking these Gojek drivers that, they're hustling but they're asleep like at the side of the road on the pad waiting for someone to tap them on the shoulder to get a job and fucking go again yeah like, and there's people at home complaining the hustle, yeah yeah, yeah do you know i mean like you don't actually know how lucky you are yeah yeah for sure next question it's one i get asked all the fucking time but i get your take on it you're probably the same answer how to connect and network with like-minded others when you're getting started um, probably the single most question ever most common question i honestly think book. it's going to be very difficult the people they want to connect with are probably people that they can get advice from and learn from a few steps ahead of them and i think it's going to be very difficult to actually get quality time with that sort of person without having built something substantial or yeah. some you've achieved so, just something that you actually are open to talking about and I, like most people asking this question are probably drop shippers or something like that they don't want to reveal what they're working on no shippers yeah. no shippers you can fuck off stop listening yeah. <laughs> unsubscribe i'm joking um matt needs the figures yeah. um but i think yeah you need to have done something that that person's going to be like yeah. oh actually this kid's switched on but if you do want advice i'd say just ask a question right don't yeah. try and like message me because you're just going to think who's this geezer yeah. but yeah. if you do want to ask somebody a question just ask it or just listen to but be transparent and honest about yeah mm-hmm. what you're working on yeah like but like don't message me saying can i take you out for a beer like what three quid beer and i'll give you three hours of my life yeah. no. <laughs> there's like three kind of different categories of how you can build a good network one as you said earn your stripes because naturally it's actually crazy how as you level up just you find yourself in the same rooms as people who are on a similar level to you so you're always like navigate towards like people are doing similar numbers or whatever and there's, there's going to be one guy in that group who's always like the big dog and everyone's you know and then that that big dog just gets bigger and bigger like there's always a bigger fish that's that's one one side i think paying for relationships has been like a crazy way of meeting new people like if whether it's consulting calls to a degree or like yeah i, sp- I suppose the mental angle i, I hate saying mental because inevitably these, these guys become mates if you're a normal guy yeah, yeah. you will be friends with these guys you know yeah um and then they obviously open up their black book with people they know and because mm. you're a normal guy like you're f- friends with everyone you know i think when you meet people as well like big piece of advice is just don't be a dick rider yeah like just <laughs> literally be a normal bloke like yeah, yeah. Do you know what i mean don't yeah, straight yeah. away ask them like about the business or like about money or oh, anything cool like that are. just like fucking that. have a normal conversation with yeah. them and just be a geezer and then they're gonna respect you more like as soon yeah. as you start like being a fanboy or a dick rider in yeah. their head, you're a fan. Do you know what I mean? So, I think 
publicly ask questions on Twitter as well because yeah. I don't really reply to uh, DMs as much, mainly because of the thing you said. It's just, it's just I don't know, it's just it's silly, silly questions. Like when people, when you can Google something, it's like I don't want to reply to that shit. But when you <laughs> uh, reply to, so if, if for example, you'd most of the shit that people reply to you on your tweets, for example, you'll you reply to them. It's kind of rude yeah. not to, you know. Like they've made an effort to interact with your shit. Yeah. You're gonna reply, so I'd say that's quite a good way of. That's like fucking CEO of Shopify replied to yeah, my tweet yeah, the other day. Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> like billionaire worth like thirteen bill or something stupid. Yeah. What Just, were you? What was the tweet about? Uh, so Shopify should send out awards like. Funnels. Oh, yeah. So if you See, do like 10 mil every year, yeah. just ping out the award. But I'm not sure. I mean, I love the did idea. Do it? I love the idea. Yeah. Did it say do it? It said stay tuned. Really? Sick. Yeah. Can we backdate 100? <laughs> yeah. 100 mil club. I, I, love the, I love the idea, but I think obviously the ClickFunnels thing, I've yeah. spoken to people on Twitter about this before. The ClickFunnels thing, I feel like they do that because ClickFunnels, like half people using ClickFunnels. That's how I selling found out. ClickFunnels. That's like, actually how I found out about yeah. ClickFunnels. Some Free guy, awards, like, flexing exactly. on TikTok. Like, like, yeah, it's yeah, like the yeah. reason they do awards is because it's fucking cool to share awards yeah. on social media that says how much money I've made. Look at me. Shit, he did that using ClickFunnels. Yeah. I'm going to use ClickFunnels. Russell Johnson's a genius. Oh, yeah. I feel like, so this is a question, do you think, so obviously everybody can fake a screenshot, right? And everyone can put it on Twitter. You can't, do you think people start faking awards or taking pictures of someone else's awards? That's my next awards? business, That's my business idea. <laughs> Harder, but yeah, don't know what to believe mm. on Twitter nowadays. People's fucking go so hard. Like, there's websites you can put a thing in and be like, mm. revenue, AOV, conversion rate, like, and just create fake Shopify screenshots. It's horrendous. Just do inspect element. Yeah. But I was, I was saying, what I might do is basically do the website that does this, save all the data, and then expose all the people who have done it in the, in the course <laughs> of like the last year. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just Jordan do it in the bounty hunter. Send yeah. it to Godzilla. <laughs> Build it for two years in secret and then just leak everybody. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> so funny, wasn't it? That'd be sick. Well, it'd be sick, but yeah. It'd be, yeah, it'd be an easy cleanup job. It'd be sick for the cappers. Yeah. <laughs> watch out. Jordan Hill's coming. Yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> no cap on my watch. <laughs> How do you get over imposter syndrome when starting? I think it's a similar sort of question. I think you can, I still get it now and again. Yeah, same. Like, it's just a thing you deal with. Then you remind yourself what you have done. You're like, oh, actually, I'm pretty good. It's not maybe as good as the people yeah. I keep comparing myself to, and that's probably why I'm feeling imposter syndrome. And then a lot of people they compare themselves to, particularly now, even more than the past, is just fucking frauds. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. The amount of dons on Twitter, particularly like money Twitter, that mm. uh, as a general rule of thumb, I think if someone flexes their money on numbers, they're probably lying about all of it. Mm. Otherwise, why they be rich? People don't share their bank account balance. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? I've literally seen. Certain dons, naming no names, share receipts of beach clubs yeah, to uh, show how much money they spent. Yeah. And the one I'm thinking of didn't even pay for that because I heard the story behind that. Really? Which I'm yeah. not going to expose. That would probably ruin their career. But like, I feel like I'm a little bit of a victim of it to be honest. But like, do you know when you go on Twitter? I think fuck me, my agents are shit. Like because all these but other people are, are flexing their stuff. It's, it's, it's really all lies. like so Matt had that thing like a few weeks ago, and you were like fucking hell, like I'm shit, I'm clueless because you were looking at all these screenshots. It was probably yeah. just after Black Friday. It's like. Turns out half of them are fucking fake or mm. yeah. no there's no shit. context as to how that ROAS is so big and yeah. shit like that. Yeah. I think it depends how you consume that info though. It's like if you use it to motivate instead of to like belittle you, you know, you can choose mm. how you how you take it's it. It's the message behind mm. it. Yeah, because yeah. I, I just think of it as like there's always a bigger fish. That's why you don't put 
posting also, numbers is posting just... numbers is like Naval's like status game. Like status game you, to one up yourself, you have to minus one someone else. You post in a yeah. screenshot because you want to make people feel bad, and that's going to make you feel good and better yeah. than them. Yeah. It's like, I but feel then like it, the fun, it, the ironic thing is, you post a screenshot, and there's some guy who's running a fucking hundred mil company, and he looks yeah. at it and he's like, "What well, knob?" You know, yeah, it's legit. just like you don't need to post numbers yeah. unless you're flogging the course, I guess. Like, yeah. yeah. No. Real G's keep everything secret, mate. Yeah. Yeah. It's also a cultural thing, I feel. Like, yeah. UK guys don't like do it. very American. I feel like the, the most genuine people who do share the numbers, they're also sharing the downfalls as well. So they're not just true. posting the yeah. highlight reel. It's also, fucking, I've had this issue. Very true. Like, so you, so you can see that they're not just like, you just think that these people are just yeah like on that incredible. actually you do that so i i shared I, I retweeted my last year's tweet from the first of january saying i'd achieved some of the goals hadn't achieved the others some fucking like school shooter spec on with a face <laughs> like a fucking murderer like <laughs> definition of physiognomy just replies like stop sucking your own dick or some bullshit <laughs> i was like bruv if you watched any of my shit my entire content angle is i'm like arguably the most authentic person in the fucking ecom space and like the, the reason i retweeted it was like I was fucking depressed out my ass and two stone heavier and I've achieved that goal. He saw it as like me gloating, even though it wasn't even a big number. I said we'd done over a million in the first year. Yeah. I've, I've, I've written that tweet a year ago. It wasn't yeah. like I was just randomly sharing a screenshot with some fucking Don in his mum's basement. Yeah, I mean, there's all... Was he, like was he he's anon? Slytherin. Oh, he wasn't, he wasn't anon- <laughs> he, anonymous. He was like, he shouldn't have even had a picture. It was odd. <laughs> like school shooter spec, but yeah, yeah. I just, oh. there's always someone that's got a fucking negative angle on that. Well, that pissed me off. Um, Can't please everyone. No. You don't have the money or investors, but you have a vision for a brand of what to do. Work. Skills. Yeah. Work. You, you can't. You're not going to be able to raise money. What else? Yeah. I mean, they know the answer to that question. Yeah. Get skills, bro. Yeah, yeah skills. That's yeah. literally it. Have to start something. That's probably a dropshipping store. That's when, how when you look at the, when you actually think back of like where we are now, how we got there, it all started with learning one skill and yeah. then that butterfly mm. effect to get, it literally yeah. got here. You don't start with no skill. Uh, you don't start something big without. Yeah. So like it is, it is a butterfly effect because yeah. like when I started my first brand, that was, I needed to make a website and I need to learn Illustrator and After Effects to create graphics for social. Mm. But then that got me a job in an agency and then the agency taught me the skills to basically run a business. So yeah, it just, just starts with skills. I'd focus on that yeah. first. I think most people like, it's, it's weird. I know Matt did, you do quite a lot of graphic design and shit. Yeah. I did a lot of graphic design. You did a lot of graphic design. Mm. I remember James Beatty saying he did. You did. Yeah, I, I was that? like, I was making movies and shit. Really? Like editing yeah. home videos. Sick. Yeah. Yeah, it's strange. I think Photoshop and Adobe Premiere are like the most valuable softwares I've ever learned. Illustrator. Because yeah. you, you know, yeah, you just. I think brand. If you're a branding guy, like, you carry that over so much to make like the perceived value aspect I think, of making your brand look sick and that's how yeah. you get i think now brand is becoming more important yeah than before because it used to just be get a product fucking create a shopify store they all look shit anyway and mm. just try, try and run traffic to it but now like brand can be a key differentiator like there's other people that do similar stuff to you your brand's arguably the best and that's why people resonate with it and like it mm. so that's i think now pay more of an important role than it was previously I also think most people that start young are creative first, business later. Whereas I find the MBA types, some of which I've got to know, the, the ones that like raise a load of money and start a business in their 30s, which is nothing wrong with it, it's a different angle, but they always come from like, they're yeah. a finance guy, mm-hmm. they don't have a creative bone in their body. So, so there's two different But it takes them like... longer to, to start. 
Yeah, because I think I'm more creative like you. Yeah. I can even do like videography and stuff like that, but that's where you get from zero to one and then you struggle to do one to ten, for example. But those finance guys, they can't do zero to one because they don't have a clue. They can yeah. do one to ten yeah, where you're right. not involved I've, in... I think zero to one is the easiest part. And like Jimmy said to you, like, it's, it, I, like you've done zero to one, like, it's the hardest bit done. It's like, what? Yeah. Well, well, that's the most Jim's risky part because you get a right. concept. Yeah, Jim's yeah, like so. the finance don, but when he started, he had the creative people with him and the marketing people and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Would you say it's easier though? Like, are you referring to the first time or the second time? Because once you've done it, it's easy because you've done it before. Do you know what I mean? point. Because I'd say point. the scaling Experience part, breeds confidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm. Like that zero yeah. to one, it's not It's mm. not easy. It's definitely like product market fit. Yeah, I get like your point. Like timing. And... The other interesting thing as well is we're all solo founders. Like, yeah. I think that probably the killer combo is going to be somebody who's systems orientated and finance orientated with a creative person. And that's probably going to be like the killer one because the creative person is going to be the more zero to one other than one to 10. It's going to be the systems person. I have, I've done a range of different things like over the years and probably half of them have been with other founders and mm. it's never worked out. And I think it comes down to always having an out. It's your fault failed yeah. because you didn't do this when in reality if it didn't get done if i wanted it to work that well i'd have said you know what fuck it i'll, ju I'll just yeah. do it we can have this conversation later but this is yeah. your job you should be doing this yeah but i think when you do have a co-founder i just i feel like there's an easy out for yeah like mm. it didn't work because he didn't do this when in reality you just didn't yeah. want it also, like it's, it's the ideal set of not being a solo founder 100 and then hiring true. people that do the other stuff yeah. rather yeah, than splitting it from day one yeah. it's probably comes from fear like they don't want to fail on their own so they take like joint accountability of failure but that's the wrong I, I get it but i guess it's the wrong mindset mm. to go in with because it's like you're accepting failure before you even start that's yeah. just a scenario i've got in my head like what i can imagine do you how think it's, people coming into the space might feel but do you think it's better to be have like a co-founder that's a friend first and then that no. comes nah. on to no i tried that with Ollie really? years ago with the clothing stuff yeah, ripped. Uh, Jim, and, Didn't Jim work. Will and ripped Craigie, you started Herva. They was all best mates. Yeah, I think so it's I a really like cool in, story. In some some circumstances, it can work really well, but it is at the end of the day like business is separate to the mate stuff. Yeah, like it's having that ability to like switch off. Obviously, I've not personally done it, but then like working with friends is okay. Like literally, every single person mm -hmm. around the table is a customer, mm -hmm. and like there is two separate things. Like, yeah, it's funny because me and you like we're literally sat next to each other in Zin, mess <laughs> messaging on Slack. Yeah, like. Talking oh, yeah. about work, and he's sat next to me. <laughs> like, that's, wonder, that's... like, just I'm literally, yeah. literally here. Like. <laughs> yeah, but then like that's it's just separating work from like fellowship. Yeah, yeah. I, mean? I, I think the, the biggest no for me is the fact that you're going in with fifty percent equity. Yeah, and you're you got to make business. twice as much. Money. Yeah, mm -hmm. I just yeah. don't see mm -hmm. the. For me personally, I, you know, I, I just yeah, I'm solo all the way. Yeah, I've done joint before, and it's not worth potential conflict in the long term would you give equity away to grow further and if so like, yeah at what, yeah at what point are you gonna at, for sure i would i think it's great for like turbo growth but it's also a timing thing i think raising in this market it's not worth it like i'm not but i'm don't necessarily have to you know, be raising and giving equity that way you could be oh, like, hiring a cmo oh, or a mean. cmo or see what you mean uh i don't need it now yeah, it's a timing thing maybe in the future but yeah well you i mean you've you've had the so this is one of the different things about your business now is that you went in like going fucking turbo mode from day one i think it's i, I think it's a, like a win-win i get money to have experienced people help me 
Mm. Isn't that way better than owning the whole thing? Like, and I still own way more than I would if I had a co-founder. Probably is, but I think for us, it's hard now thinking that way because it's for you starting it and and structuring it that way, way easier. But now it feels like I'm giving away something that I like a big portion of what I built at this point. Three? How old's your thing? Three years. Yeah, I'm three. So it's like you've done all that. Oh no! Yeah, it's it's like it's only three years. Crown of Pork. Twenty. That'd be four in March. I thought it was like five. Twenty nineteen, mate. Got the video. What were you doing in Castleton Mill in twenty eighteen? Not Crown and Pork. Yeah. Other other print on demand shit. We're in twenty twenty three now though, so that's four years now. Yeah, in March it will be. That's oh right, okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I feel like now because you've built something, it's it's probably harder to actually sign that contract and give away that equity because it's like well it also depends how fucking hefty the valuation because it feels like you're then buying them rather than matt saying i'm getting paid to bring these people on i'm saying i'm paying them to come on i think it's it's mm. like what do you need do you need the cash or do you need the the value side like if you don't need the cash it's probably not worth giving away also at the end of the day it's like okay where do you want to take it here can i realistically get it there without that help probably not how do you get that help equity like well it comes down to the whole like bootstrap versus not bootstrapped argument it's not even necessarily about money like you said it can be like if you hired a ceo and gave him five percent invested over five years for example Mm. if they're the right person that's guaranteed to be a win-win yeah one thing you say is like if you were given a million quid right now what would you do with it like how would you get yourself to the next yeah because everyone thinks money would solve the problems yes yeah. Right. N- not necessarily. It's like if you scale too quick, you've got supply chain problems. Like it's actually kind of good to grow slow in a lot of scenarios because you actually need to learn the different stages of business. If you go too quick, you've skipped a load of the middle parts out. And I think mm. su- supply chain is probably the biggest one. How much, so much shit breaks. How much cash in bank in terms of percentage do you like to have? I think a month of revenue is rule of thumb. A month of revenue. That's what I've always Would thought. Would you say if you have more than a month of revenue in the bank, you're not? It, there's obviously so many variables. It depends on the business model. But that, that's been my, my perception over the past six years on average. I'm really right. I agree. I would well, say a month of rev. A month of rev. A month of rev. A month of rev. Cash but, in bank, everyone else reinvested. I mean, it completely depends on the business, doesn't it? If it you, does. But if you're I mean, on demand, you just for less. people listening, because I think most people are I think that's a safe running dropship stores. I think that's a safe level. Yeah. It's because no one really thinks about that. I I never thought. And about I can that. think of a lot of examples that match that general narrative. So I'm like really really risk averse, but like a lot of our stuff isn't retainer work, so it's very hard to like forecast what we do. So, like a majority of our revenue does just come from projects, and then like the companies do work with us month on month, but it's a lot s- smaller than like a huge project cash influx. So like mm-hmm. for me, my main thing is because it's a people's business, is that people's jobs safe. So I never want to risk that. So like we're close to having like a year's worth of wages. In because y- you, yeah, yeah. My thought is just no project, cold winter. What would you be paying them for? Are they getting paid anyway? Are they getting paid anyway? Or just to sit there? He's a good guy, yeah, man. But <laughs> He's a good guy. They're freelancers, so they get paid. No, no, projects, there's no? three freelancers, and everyone else is on wage. But it's like the the I think that it's it saves us money having a full time person versus a freelancer because. It costs us more to hire a freelancer because their freelancers yeah. cost yeah, always low time. Right. And so, maybe they've got another job on. Oh, I can do ten hours this week. Like, yeah, yeah. So, do you know what I mean, so to have the actual security True. and the relationships with customers, you're not fucking flipping around freelancers. You've got to have like staff, and that's something that I did learn. But yeah, like, but the issue of that is you do have to think about from the cash perspective, like how long is it, can I keep paying these guys if if everything was to stop? Like, mm. we have been profitable so like every year. month. 
Yeah, but that's just me being super risk averse, like shitting myself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. My... I'm starting to think about it now. It's like, how do, like, should, yeah. I've not reinvested enough, in all honesty. It's like, yeah. I think that now. What should we, like, we need to spend just this. Buy Eurus. <laughs> how, how's that reinvesting? <laughs> like, and just wrap it in rainbow dust pink. Yeah. Right, well. That's investing in the Nyash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got a load more questions. Um, trying to pick out the more interesting ones. How do you get through dark moments of zero motivation? Change the environment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Like, Case I think point. actually a lot of bad habits you might pick up over a long period of time being in the same environment. I'll, I've realized this just looking back. I'll go abroad and then I'll come back and I won't have that bad habit anymore. Yeah. Just literally reset. Well, like so, vaping on a Monday morning. Yeah. It'd be a Monday afternoon. So the, the science. Fuck that one off. There's like, science behind this, okay? So like, yeah. no, just small things. Like, I used yeah. to have a monster at lunch every day yeah. and it's like it's fucking emo spec. But yeah. I then. I quit and it literally, I would crash every day for two weeks yeah. until it went away. And then you'd, you know, you'd go away in some, I don't know, Marbella for four days, come back and I was sweet. It's just reset. Jordan's so got in, the science. Yeah, uh, I've got my good good science on the story behind this. So oh, go on. In World War Two, in... <laughs> <laughs> I always get shit up fucking random start. stories I come out with. Does it involve carp this time? Yeah. No, <laughs> niche, niche reference. But um, when they was doing the Vietnam War, in fact, uh, basically there's a, all the soldiers want opium, all the American uh, soldiers. So instead of stopping them, the government said, well, why don't we do the world's ever biggest ever addiction study? So all of them were, I think it, no, it was heroin. So they're all like clinically addicted to heroin at this Good stage. Enough. And it's known as like the hard drug that you can't get off. Was like, it morphine? Not heroin. Heroin, I'm not sure. Oh, right, but it's, yeah. it's, it's supposed to be like you have it and you have it once and you're addicted. Like that's oh, what people say. Oh, right, yeah. So nice. basically all of these soldiers, <laughs> there's like hundreds of thousands of them all having heroin. Okay. So when they came back, you sure it's heroin? That sounds I think it's yeah. No, it is heroin. It is heroin. Really? 100%. I was reading about it the other day again. I put something on my Instagram story about it, but... It was science video nine, before bed. Nine yeah. <laughs> so when, all, when they all came home, everyone was like, fuck, the whole, the whole American is going to be like a, an epidemic, right? Only nine, 95% of the people never touched the drug again because their addiction was, wine, was related then. to their environment at the time because it was in such a depressive place and... They were fighting in the war. When they came home, 95% never touched it again because their environment completely changed. They're no longer at war. They're with the family and they're just chilling. Mm. So only 5% ever touched the drug again. But it is true. Like every single time I've ever had like any addictions or- To heroin. No. <laughs> no, but like it's true. Like you were saying about monster. Like before I came here, like yeah, I was having a monster every morning. Sorry. I did that for months. That was a dangerous Morning, morning before. monster. Morning monster. Part of my routine, soon? mate. I'd go oh. to the shop and buy a monster. And I just down that. And that, that was to make me feel like I had energy. Like, yeah. But I've come here and there's worse things. <laughs> oh, 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 natural. Do you know what I mean? But <laughs> I also me. feel like having a vice is kind of good. Like having one vice and mm. that's your kind of setback. Oh, it's so it's such stupid things like it would be those granola yogurts for me. Oh, that was my bike. <laughs> That's like, your bike. No, I swear. Or, or like yogurt. a grenade bar. I'd have like, oh, grenade I'd have bars like are two lovely. or three in a row. I'd be like, yeah. But that was but that, It's like, but yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. just weird shit. For me, it's like there's always I, one thing that I'm I vape and I was overweight, so I was like, well, instead of, and I'm still I'm losing weight now. That's like my main focus. But like instead of fucking going cold turkey on food and vape on food, <laughs> <laughs> well, like overeating. It's yeah. like I'll focus on one you at once. I did have my vape. Huh? I've never seen anyone vape as much as you. Yeah, but the, it, it does kill. It kills your horrible. appetite. But I think after does it kill your appetite? Yeah, oh, like you know, it kills it. But like it's not after after I've lost the weight, my next goal is going to be get off the vape. So it's like doing one at once. 
and and then it's nice to have that vice. So I'm fucking after both of them. I'm probably gonna be looking for something like yeah. to, of a way to de-stress. A way to de-stress. <laughs> I reckon vape and eat loads of food, mate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I might just yo-yo and go back, fall back yeah. into it. Get even bigger than before. <laughs> <laughs> right, next question. What was the fucking question? Got a load left. I'm trying to pick the best ones. How much time do we have? That's a big input. How m- There's a lot of questions, yeah. Was this from oh, one? I've circled certain ones. Um, what's this? Probably quite a good one. What's the number one driving factor to go from zero to one million to one to ten million? Driving factor. <clears throat> so difficult um so zero to one i mean you can do that for yourself really can't you i i think it's get a working product right it's product really, really not right, yeah there's no no magic pill there how about 10 to a billion oh no ten, you're not, ten, not quite there yet. 10 to a billion hmm. no we're sticking to 10 hmm. million has there ever been times where you've hit a plateau and i think i've sold to like the max amount of customers in this country I can sell yeah. to. And there's there's different yeah. types of buyers. You get the impulse buyers who will buy from a shit website and that's where all the, most of the successful to a point dropshipping stores will get to. And then they'll realize, they'll hit a plateau and then they'll quit. They'll post a YouTube video about how they made a mill and then they'll stop. But yeah. in reality, if they wanted to push- Because they didn't get a single repeat purchase. Yeah, it's like, or if you get from, if you want to go from one to above, new products, uh, new angles, yeah uh better branding it's just better everything and more of it that's that's how mm. you get from one to ten and then what's your thoughts on like selling to different countries yeah oh yeah that's huge that's yeah. that's like another uh mm. growth angle like i think you... the one to ten thing for me it's it was figuring out exactly what activity it is that is driving the majority of the sales and do more of that and less of all the other shit like we were realizing that referrals and word of mouth because it's gifting primarily was huge. So it was, it was generating a sizable amount of revenue. So we were like, right, how do we increase that? It's clearly something How's to focus on. Um, post-purchase surveys through that fairing and oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. thing. Do you, do um, you, what affiliate uh, thing are you, app are you using? Like using for, it's literally just customers like, this is fucking sick. Oh, so you only get, oh, right. So you're finding um, out post-purchase, yeah, fair. So we were like, right, well, well how do we, drive more of that because it's 80 20 rule you want to just yeah that's the strength right so just make that even better strength so we changed all our post purchase purchase messaging to incentivize that and encourage people to talk about it and share it and yeah refer add add shit to your packaging that encourages people to yeah share it with someone or well, a i heard uh there's there's one thing that gets 100 percent open rate and that's a package yeah when someone opens packages. Taylor <laughs> yeah. Holiday, that I think it was. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a fucking good clip. Such so a good true. Clip. That's yeah. why I think that's why pack I mean packaging for you is iconic, isn't it? That's mm. being a big driving yeah. force. That's such say, it's so yeah. true. Like what the the one thing that gets hundred percent open rate is yeah, your, yeah. Your, your product packaging. It's yeah. like well, I read that, I was like, Fucking hell, he's a genius. Like yeah. so never thought about that. It's so like, you know <laughs> one of the realizations as well, as you mature in the game a little bit is it's the simple shit that's that scales and i look back at some of the this wasn't even for the e-com but i was doing like many chat bot sequences that would then get a capture an email then you do an email flow it's like you know just yeah. send them to one page and done like it's, it's, you don't have to overcomplicate it mm. um and so yeah the the big growth is just doing the simple stuff but a lot more of it and you need you need manpower to 
scale that. So that's yeah. when you do the hires and you get people to do more of what you were doing, but just double double downing on the twenty percent that moves the needle. Yeah, I think that's the same thing can relate to websites as well. To be honest, like don't just try and overcomplicate everything. Literally, just make it simple as possible. Like your cleans website is performing really well, and it's there's nothing on it. <laughs> like it's just lightning fast prestige thing picture and an ad, <laughs> ad to cart. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You can definitely overwhelm people on websites. Very yeah, hundred percent. I think like how much shit people is on, like on to be screen. directed and told what to do. I think. Yeah. Real what, what my thing is like so it's called like visual hierarchy. So when you look at the page, what's the first thing your eyes look at, and can you like declutter it, streamline the messaging? A lot of the time you land on a website, it's just so much shit, and you're trying to digest it, and nothing gets done properly. Whereas like it's the visual hierarchy. Where do your eyes look? Is that the correct thing? If not, then on your product page, even if it goes against your branding, make sure you're. You know, make your ad to cart like black, bright green, a positive color, something like that. And all these little things can add up. Like there's a lot of things about, um, particularly just A-B testing, like even Clavio pop-ups and you can see the colors that work for your brand. Like just putting mm-hmm. it as a, even we've even done like shades of green, like change the shade of green and it's increased the, you know, um, form fill out rate by like 2%. <laughs> it's crazy. It work. It works with some and not others. Yeah, like it's not. I always. I'm just that. so people listen. Don't go change all your buttons to green straight yeah, away. Yeah. Like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's your thoughts on like the branding versus CRO? Because like you could do a load of shit that would make it better, but in reality, a pastel cream grey website that has a bright green or yeah, red yeah. button just doesn't work. Like it just looks yeah. shit. So how? I mean. Well, that's why there's a term brand first CRO. That is a term. Brand right. first CRO. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's just it's definitely a middle ground. Yeah, it's making a decision. Depends on what you want. Way. We had this conversation last night. Um, it's like, it, it depends why. I mean, I'm not going to claim this conversation. It's not my idea. It's a good conversation, though. And it was like, what do you actually want from the business? Like, do you want to build the brand? Like, represent? You want to be a George Heaton type person and be that guy that's known for having built this fucking incredible yeah. brand? Or do you want to build something to sell? If you want to build something yeah. to sell, then fuck all the brand stuff off and focus on conversion rate and and the income the easiest way to increase your conversion rate is make your product better and make it a better offer yeah th- that's kind of relevant to this question where the don's asking would you sacrifice branding slash perception in order for a potential basically would you sacrifice brand to make more money is this uh, been offered a wholesale a opportunity recently but not sure it aligns with our brand right i was gonna tweet a response to this i one. think you also do need an element of brand to be able to sell something because like yeah you do but I saw this tweet. otherwise people would say make the argument we'll just run a dropshipping store that prints cash. I saw this tweet and I think I'd recommend the guy who who sent this to go read um oh fuck, what is it? <laughs> it's like um something <laughs> shit. I'd, I can't remember the book. It's I'll set I'll figure out the name of the book and tell you later. But um got it. Something immutable laws of branding. It's like seven immutable laws of branding, something. It's like you don't like at our level everyone here in this room and the guy who tweeted that at our level you can sacrifice that part of the branding to generate yeah. more money like yeah. you are not making much of an impact to your brand by doing what he's asking should i do go and do it like yeah, yeah. you're not coca-cola you're not louis vuitton like so it doesn't fucking matter at people this level after a few months people aren't can buying for you might think people are buying from you because of your brand yeah, yeah so there's not. a very it's a very good story about this one so it's actually manscaped and i watched uh it's in the shark tank pitch but basically i think they had two thousand units and there were this super like men's grooming old schooly uh branding and then 
they couldn't sell the units so they thought fuck this we're just gonna throw it in the bit throw that like brand in the bin and they were like we'll just be funny and like just oh, do yeah. do whatever we can to try and sell these units they ran that advert and it's the iconic advert in the in the shower There's loads of anecdotes about uh, like your balls yeah. and stuff mm. I mean, they spent 50k on that first angle i heard yes because i listened to the same thing but well yeah, they went yeah. on shark tank originally yeah yeah and then on that on that uh it wasn't originally this was like just further down the line but the on that second ad i think they sold out within 14 days all the units yeah, so and that's because they made a decision to just because they were funny you know, like, let's not be too cute and yeah like like just not be too asked about the branding yeah let's just it. make some money because it's going to die either they way. didn't have a brand because they can't it's they're not can't, selling anything yeah yeah Kind of the basics. I mean, it's product market fit. Like, try multiple angles if you first start with a product, see what works, and then double down. Yeah. Like, to answer that question, just yeah, yeah. I'd do but the it's, it's genius though, because when I saw Manscaped, I was like, "Fucking hell, it's, it's actually really simple." Like, why didn't you think of that? But there's so yeah. many coppers of Manscaped now as well. Yeah. But then sometimes you do come across brands, and you're like, "How the fuck do they do that revenue?" Nothing. When most people like, say brand, they really just mean visual aesthetic. That's where it starts. Yeah, yeah. Because like when yeah, I say yeah. I'm good at branding, what I actually mean is making it look pretty consistent because like space goods is a when i say brand it's just i'm referring to the it's pink and it has an 80s vibe yeah it's identity yeah yeah, that's the visual identity you you can't have a brand when you're nine months old brand is how people feel about it and that takes years like represents a good example gymshark is probably another good one i think where it's like emotional not around this table that could have been around the table who actually has a very like an actual brand what fred yeah like yeah but even he says He's the one that had the conversation. Yeah. Saying just fucking sell. Well, more. yeah, even yeah. So, so he's pivoting away from that. Yeah, yeah, but I think that his community is so good. Yeah. You mm. make. But that's what I mean. It takes longer to build that. So when I'm referring to brand, I really just mean the visual well, identity. And yeah, like that's all it is now. Yeah. Although long term, you can't shortcut that either. Yeah. It's so, you know, like a logo is just a logo, like the Nike one, which is arguably like the biggest brand, like mm-hmm. that people feel about. Like just do it. That was literally two hundred quid, and they paid a random designer to do it. Yeah. and then they made the brand mm. around it do you know what I mean mm-hmm. I don't I think the wholesale thing it's not going to affect brand yeah at all yeah I agree you got to be doing if you like, don't like if you don't try you got to be some like huge household name almost to be to be worried about oh it's going to affect brand perception if I do wholesale I wouldn't even be the brand side I wouldn't even be worrying about it'd be more like what are the payment terms and how, yeah. how, what are the logistics like? Because yeah. if that if that causes more hassle than it's worth, then that would be the fucking the, the determining factor to not do it, yeah. not the brand side. Yeah, it's interesting to be that. Probably go on for so long about that. Mm. They're buying the product. It's wholesale for you is a completely different story, isn't it? That's... Yeah, I'd like to do retail and so on, like new channels and shit. I've always thought about building a brand that's just on the website. But now I'm looking at it differently, like Amazon retail. Yeah. Well, they say that with when you do start an e-com brand, that if you think that it might be a product that might go into B two B, to actually build the margin into it, because certain retailers will want a certain amount of margin. Mm. But there's like a client that I work with at the moment, they make a very small amount of margin, and then now they want to go into B two B. Like fuck, it's impossible because we're, we're so cheap yeah. on our website, so actually have to in- increase the price. Friend of mine, it's friend of mine good. runs like a custom custom socks business and does it like he's probably does more b2b now than d2c but originally yeah. it was just a little website it was an idea they had on a sunday and it, it turned yeah. out it worked and they're making a bit of cash on the website and then they ended up in a few different retail stores and they probably do m- more from that now than they do d2c 
yeah. but the issue is they priced so low on the de- their actual website yeah there's no margin there to, yeah. to really make that much cash from like if you're making 10 percent margin <laughs> sorry no, like even small it's not like, worth the time it's gonna be hard for you to especially when it's this custom stuff so you have to actually make it yeah no way yeah so yeah good point mm. i've got plenty of margin for that yeah good like do, you, do you think the cost so in terms of like actually acquiring a customer in a store so somebody's walked past your product let's say in holland the barracks they're looking for a mushroom supplement do you think the cost is going to be at 50 pounds quite expensive for them and that that'll struggle because it is 50 quid is a lot of money well it's 30 on it depends it depends what the store is doesn't it yeah, yeah. stick it in boots no chance i'm speaking to holland yeah. about now i reckon we'll get it in there Stick it in Waitrose, Holland and Barrett. You've got way more chance than yeah. Boots and Morrison. Yeah, mm. but I think it is interesting because you've not got that. It's just a pro- package on a shelf. So there's a lot more that goes into the appeal of that. that and like people consider price a lot more than you've run an ad. Mm. They clicked on the website. You've got all this fancy information on there. Yeah. yeah. They've not got that experience. It's, yeah. just, it's just a product with a price on the shelf. You have to have like a hologram of you and like paint just explaining the product. <laughs> or just have a screen playing the movie. Yeah. On yeah. Repeat. Fuck. Mm. That'd be sick. Yeah. Could do some wavy fucking shit. Have like a vending machine with a new flavor called yeah. LSD. It was like JML. Lemon sugar digestibles. Off the top of my head. There. JML that used to have that. Like, do you know in Asda? Yeah, It'd be yeah. like a new product yeah, yeah. release. They'll have a TV at the top. It's probably something that you could do. Just run the movie on there. It'd be sick. Yeah, that would be cool. Like, get attention for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm. In the shop window, holding mm. the back. Sure yeah, you you're always very guerrilla marketing friendly, I'd say. I need to do that eight meter mushroom in Hyde yeah, Park. You do. Yeah. <laughs> you're just giving all your competitors that idea, so do they're it not gonna do it, they're all yeah. pussies. Or fucking southwest London, daddy's money. <laughs> referring to one of my competitors. Chip on his shoulder, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. I might do. Second home in the Cotswolds. Um <laughs> <laughs> all right, final few questions. How long do we have, by the way? Quick pause. All right, yeah, cool, fine, perfect. Still rolling? All right, next question. This is another interesting one, which I think is a lifelong debate. How do you best manage work slash life balance as a young founder or just a founder, but he said young founder? What, now or like in the beginning? Because in the beginning, there was no balance. It was like, yeah. I was working a hell of a lot and I didn't think I was. Didn't go out, see my friends for an extended period of time. Parents would tell you, you're working too much. for six and you, years. Yeah, and you'd be like... <laughs> but I love doing this. Like this is my hobby. It's not a job. But there's no balance yeah. in the beginning nah. at all. I don't it's think. a luxury that you get when you start making money. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. been a good balance in Bali, I would say. Hundred yeah. percent. But like, there's yeah. also seasons, though, aren't there? I did like yeah, four months seasons. in the trenches in London recently. Didn't go anywhere. Yeah, mm. too long. Mm. Yeah, I think you've always got to, as a founder, you've always got to be on standby to sacrifice everything. Mm. Like that's just kind of like the responsibility you, you mm. accept eric thomas sacrifice who you are for who you will become yeah yeah what about like Deep. burnout do you ever get burnout yeah, yeah. that's when you go away but I, I actually feel yeah. like physical illness when i get burnout mm. yeah get a headache i have to go to bed can't focus it's fucking yeah it's horrible so people I think say like they want to try and manage it but i can literally plot on a graph and it's even in my revenue like i go in three month cycles 
Well, I'll absolutely <laughs> fucking hammer it. Like, oh it'll be every single waking hour I'll be working, like working on evenings. Like Certainly not this week. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. <laughs> well, this is why I'm ready. Billionaire like Jordan Hill exposed. That's why I'm itching to get home because it's like when I get home, I'm just going to fucking grab cycle started. But then, like, in three yeah. months later, summer's going to be starting. I'm like, going to be going to maintenance mode, not fucking super hyper growth mode. mode. Mm, it's, it's literally three month cycles. It's metal. And I actually yeah. had a little bit of it, like, before you boys came out, to be honest. Like, De- uh, December last year was like our best month. Ever. I wonder if by saying it's three month <laughs> cycles, you've like self, you know, you've self yeah. 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 self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. Sort of. Yeah, because yeah. that, mate, I'm such a big believer in self-fulfilling prophecies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you are your thoughts. Kind of you thing. know what? Yeah. I like when I was a kid, like my mum's friends. Apparently, I started speaking quite early. My mum said a few times, like <laughs> two days old. <laughs> yeah, speaking French, speaking French like, after like a year. Yeah. But she was like, oh, all your my friends said you're gonna be. Cost <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "Oh, budget. he's gonna, he's gonna be smart." Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And then, I think I showed a very small, probably very small interest in business or money because my dad's an accountant. I'm probably like counting some change on the carpet or something. Yeah. I was like saving up for some. At his first okay. store when he was small. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like counting up some money to go buy some sweets from the shop and. Because I had some vague interest in adding up money, they probably said, yeah. "Oh, he's gonna go into business." Yeah. And then this story oh, yeah, becomes a thing it's yeah, like yeah, around yeah. and around and around. And then you become that kid and it's like they've given you an identity. And I feel yeah. like I sometimes feel like I've grown up to kind of achieve that identity that That's yeah. Bad, yeah. That was yeah. funny. So in, in school like... we did like awards like at the yeah, end, end of the year when we were year eleven. And I got voted for like first to become a millionaire after school. I didn't get it. Yeah. The guy <laughs> sat next to me got it. I was, was few yeah. yes, he works at grad scheme, P W C does he? He actually he actually went to a grad scheme at a camp for him, yeah, big four. Yeah, yeah, all the same. And I thought, not a fucking chance, mate. Watch me sell their yeah, souls, yeah. and then yeah, chip on my shoulder. But yeah. I was so annoyed. Don't know why it was a fucking six form award. What's, what he, do- what's he doing now? He's an accountant. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. meme is true. It's probably in the what time is it? It'd be in the office right now. Mm. How uh, six a.m. in the UK? Oh no, sorry. It's probably in the yeah. office. Yeah, um, six a.m. Seven a.m. Like. How many success stories came out of your town? Was it quite one? Me. Really? No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, This guy. <laughs> I had no idea, mate. I live in a very small village. I suppose, like, from school, I mean. Cause from school? Yeah. Actually, I don't really keep track of people in general. Like, yeah, fair. Not, I guess, my year in school, genuinely, people have done well, but they've not, like, started shit. It's all, they've got, like, really good paying, like, highly paid jobs in mm. corporate which is fine shit. as well it's like so yeah in some people's eyes yeah it's very it's fucking great really successful but in yeah. my eyes it's not for me i don't see that as success because mm. mm. it's not my idea of success but i think i can't something... think of honestly can't think of anything i'm trying to think of like sports people like musicians or something like that but yeah. yeah well jack like you were saying earlier like i think people think in particularly my town that i make a lot more money than i do just because i do travel uh, yeah do but the I mean, average like, wage yeah. in scunthorpe is six grand a year well, we were comparing <laughs> houses like in london what yeah. you can get what you pay two mil for you get for what like 400 grand yeah. in your town literally mate. like nuts it, it, i think it's just the traveling thing people think it, i make a ridiculous amount of money but yeah you, know, you don't actually need that much oh yeah. for someone there's a guy a few few years younger than me who plays cricket for england <laughs> he went to my school that's the only mm, one i can yeah. think of your leaves right mm. yeah yeah next question yeah. oh shit and another guy was on Strictly Come Dancing yeah who went to he well, was like he's a TV presenter he has Down Syndrome his name's George 
I remember he went to primary school. He's like Is way... a TV presenter with Altaville? Yeah, on CBBC or something. He's done really well. Oh, right. It's yeah. mad. But yeah, I went to the same school as him, but he's like Niche. maybe six years younger than me. But yeah, anyway, sorry, continue. I'm trying to think of the best closing questions. It's all a bit corporate. <laughs> Get off LinkedIn. Uh, Give the people what they want to hear. Maybe I'll wrap up with my usual question to all of you. you know, You've already asked us sport. though, me and Jordan. <laughs> you asked Jack. That was a year me? ago. And Jordan thinks I'm I was like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> um... All right, yeah, I'll ask the last question then. It's been like two hours. Um, I'll start with Jack. Go on. If you could give three bits of advice to your 18-year-old self, knowing what you know now, what would it be? Don't spend too long learning and not doing. Spent way too long fucking reading loads of shit, writing notes, had like a whole notebook just full of notes. I just looked back like, fucking hell, should have spent that 50 quid on that first ad earlier so i actually plotted like I, li- I have in my notes it's quite cool you know when you go on your notes you see the date mm. you wrote it and it's like 2018 i wrote adrian morrison's dropshipping <laughs> webinar <laughs> i told my dad about it i remember this and he was like like what's that now nah, like not gonna work so like, yeah fair. and then like th- three years later or whatever i'm doing the same thing it's like should have done it three years before mm. i might go back through my notes actually yeah it's cool right it's too deep yeah, yeah. Really? i get like me writing out like fucking things it's about just a bird. bird in, like, I've got that. 16. I've got that. Yeah. It's so bad. I, like, when I used to have relationships and that. Hopeless romantic. If I'm like emotional, I can't think straight. Right? Or like I lose emotion. So what I actually do before I have a conversation with a bird, I'll write everything out and then I'll be there with my phone like making a points. What analysis <laughs> <to> this <laughs> Next point. Um, I'd say we kind of meant there's been sprinkles of this in the conversation we've already had but self-fulfilling prophecy is real like whatever you tell yourself you are what you become kind of thing um Mm. so what you think is what you become so yeah it's all in the mind never have a plan b always have a plan a and then that's probably going to be controversial there's going to be people who say you know oh you should have a plan b just in case but i think if that's your mentality then this isn't the the right route for you honestly controversial or not that's how i feel um I've just thought of a good question I'm going to ask after this round to mix it up, but continue. And then the third one, probably just more as a, just words of wisdom for running a business is you can never know your, like nobody ever regretted knowing their numbers too well. Mm. So always audit what you have, see where you can save money Mm. and Payment terms are fucking beautiful, so work on those as well. Like, have those conversations. Don't be afraid to talk to people, ask questions to different people. Never take, never take the first answer as the only answer. I'll tell you, quick backstory, and this is actually related to uni. So it's not even business related, but the uni I wanted to get into at the time, so into Leeds. I called up, didn't get the grades, and uh, they said, "No, sorry, you didn't get it." My mom actually made me call again, spoke to a second person, and they said, yeah, okay, you can. See. So, you know what I mean? Mm. Never, ever take the first I answer. I call Emirates again there, so I changed my yeah, fucking yeah. flight, thank you so much. <laughs> so now whenever I get a no, I ask, I call again, talk to a different person. I did it with PayPal. I'm going to call, I'm gonna call again so and say, yeah, yeah. my dog's in the vets, and he's changed my flight, making yeah. it more emotive. Because at the end of the day, you're, <laughs> you're talking to people. It's like human yeah. psychology. There's going to be one person who's maybe slightly more emotional than the other. They feel like helping you more. 
yeah. it's just the classic like mm. Mm. you know it's social engineering almost That's yeah it. is that three yeah right i won't ask you that again i'll ask you a more interesting question oh i thought three as well never mind oh go on then Nah, too late <laughs> all right Cliff if I you know. lost the business and every penny you have right now but you maintained your knowledge and experience which is what nearly happened to me yeah what would you do tomorrow to rebuild so, so say you couldn't do the same thing again the business is gone you lost every penny what business would i build how would you get back to where you were as quick as possible and, and, and what would you do probably start what i've been working on this week oh yeah she mm. used to little idea. would you need money to that. do that though not much yeah not much so how would you get together direct say you literally went to zero pounds. right okay um, i'm talking like literally on the streets hypothetically only fun on the streets well, if you lost every penny and everything, <laughs> only fans. You do only fans. Ma- only fans. We'll get any subscribers anyway. <laughs> no, but I mean, um, surely the real answer is you'd call five mates and get ten grand off each of them and fucking start something. Well, yeah. yeah. Then do yeah, it. If you have mates with that money, that, let's pretend you don't have that's the mates with the money. Well, that's the thing. Because that's, yeah, that's I'd the value literally, you I'd probably do what I did last, like the first time, which was I'd get a part-time job and save the cash, and then use that cash. That's literally what I did in 2015, 16. I mm. finished uni. And to appease my mum and dad, I got a part-time job at Next in the warehouse. Fucking hell. Yeah. And then I was applying for grad schemes and stuff like that. Got interviews. But again, it wasn't just so they thought I was doing something. But yeah, just get a part-time job, save the cash. All right, if you couldn't work on -on print-on-demand, and and what would you do? Force you into a new Um, area of e-commerce? I mean, I, I, I do have ideas, so it would be... I have a, a couple interesting ideas in the pet space, but like subscription-based consumables. Um, I'm not going to go into too much mm. detail because you never know what the future might hold. But yeah, I'd definitely move into subscription. What would consumables. you do? Is this so without maintaining knowledge, don't have any friends who can give me cash, can't go to VCs and raise money to start something new? No, the only thing you lose is the business and money. You maintain everything else, which is arguably the most valuable part. But the, the, the most obvious one is to do what you've done and present an idea get people what to would that idea be on the spot you can't do what you're doing now uh is there anything that comes to mind thing is i'm so my mind is so committed to what high I'm doing adjusting now. house or something now i'd i'd <laughs> still my, <laughs> minus the idea i think i would find something that's working in another country and then yeah do it in yeah. a different language somewhere yeah. and scale it somewhere else because mm. that, that's always a fucking e- easy conversion you know? space goods barley yeah <laughs> That's kind of how I looked at. I saw brands in America crushing it, but no one ever here doing it. Mm. Then put my own aesthetic angle on it. Mm. Yeah, smart. Basically. And there's so many up and coming countries as well that I think Goldman and Sachs call it the, the brick yeah. countries. Brazil, Russia, well, not Russia anymore, but in India. Mm. China, scaling yeah. cash on delivery or some shit. Cash on delivery. I've heard guys doing that. Yeah, that's mad. What do you do? <laughs> Controversial, but I'd probably just do like a local business, but raise money. Mushroom farm. A local business like what? Like a restaurant or a cafe or just... You said this space. a few times yeah. this week that you want to... It was like your calling box. Hold yeah. on. Eh? <laughs> I think you should do it. Uh, yeah, I was you saying... start a vape shop. <laughs> 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 just sit there and try the flavours all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably just do like an in-person business because I think that... Jordan's like, That's Jordan's. where a lot, yeah. a lot of my skills lie. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It, but it's so, it's so easy to do... Well, I'm like, I'm, obviously I've not done it yet, but... It's obviously the operation side of running it, but in terms of like getting customers, it's probably so much more easy because you you're in a specific location. Just pick a busy area and just do better market than everyone else. And it's not actually that hard because a lot of business now are like owned by old geezers who mm. don't have a, just have a shit social. Don't actually 
yeah. optimized. Like, like Flame Spa. Could not be asked. Got an opportunity there. Yeah. Flame Spa, bring that to the UK. Yeah. There's probably reasons why that's not allowed. Yeah, yeah. a few. Yeah, I'll probably just do that. And then <laughs> think of the next thing I'd do. Cause... Interesting. Yeah, fair enough. What, so you wouldn't do it long? Is that what you're saying? I'll do it, yeah. Just get my feet. Get on my feet. You'd start a cafe or restaurant to get on your feet. <laughs> Yeah, what sounds sounds like, so no, I wouldn't just do, I'd do like a sick one, like something cool. Like I don't I'd think Mate, of it, but yeah. But then I'd do, then look into give, doing something that would actually get me back to where I am now. Mm. But yeah, how would you buy the cafe or restaurant? No, I'd just build it. You <laughs> <laughs> with zero money. No, that's this point. I have to ask for cash because whatever you yeah, do, yeah. you have no fucking money, do you? So I just raise the money. Because mm. I was looking at doing it before, like literally had a whole plan and everything. I was going to do ghost kitchens. Ghost so, kitchens. Yeah, so basically, it's that, that's what Mr. Beast's done. So Joe Beastburger. Yeah. So it's actually loads of restaurants already uh, yeah, that were just struggling. He gave them a menu, and then they just go on to deliver and ship it out. So that's good. why that there's so many smart. locations, man. Well, like a fucking a, like a dark page on a website. No, called. no, so, so Ghost Kitchen is basically like on Deliveroo, if you order a Macca's, it might mm. not even come from Macca's, it'll come from a unit with a kitchen and they're they selling just have the ingredients food. for it. That's insane. That's yeah. crazy, yeah. So in Leeds, mate, so there's like Slap and Pickle. Yeah. They have like loads of dark kitchens. I've been been in units, like looked around. Wow. We're just going to do like, run like three different menus through a kitchen. But then all you have to do is acquire customers through social, like food review pages, fucking, uh, and we're going to get a chef to like build an actual sick menu out for us yeah we can do like some japanese shit and then you just have to basically work on the algorithm of just eat delivery have your own social organized stuff idea. smart man. i suppose it comes you know I mean? customer. quite mm. an interesting thing it's to just d to c food mate yeah. <laughs> i've changed my mind anyway i'd probably drop ship prime water yeah uh, <laughs> yeah so that wakey wine's got banned off tiktok really? we got banned no way yeah because yeah, he's, he's fucking prime have released a new energy drink camp oh. and he at the end of the video is like and these are going for a hundred pound oh. and then he got loads of shit so the, what, the uh, fucking got him off what would you do matt probably wouldn't do e-commerce again you know you know really? actually i think a better remark a closing remark which maybe i'll make a closing remark I'm, i wish when i was 19 i started a podcast and did it every fucking week for seven years because it would have five million subscribers by now because mm. I, I think the one thing in life is just consistency yeah you keep swinging I think Danny Miranda or whatever, some guy that started a pod after me, and he's been way more, way more consistent than me, and he posts about it, like the, the stats around podcasts, and it's a classic, everyone starts a pod now, but they do three episodes. Mm. I think the stats around people that do more than 50 episodes, like 0.1% of those that started. Really? Something like that. So I'm already in like the 0.1% of consistency. Yeah. Then you think about That's the ones that do 500 episodes. So you're almost guaranteed to make it well, big. Hamozi said he was doing pods for five years, was it? Mm. Like... The lesson mm. there, you know. So I wish I'd made more content when I was younger. Yeah, that's a good. Because I reckon you can never lose if you build a personal brand. Almost. I've actually, I told you about mm. this. I've got a little private Insta. I've got mm. my whole since like I was sixteen. It's pretty lit. Would have been lit if you'd done crazy. it unlisted on YouTube. Then oh, yeah, published I know. everything. Never so went that far. Then that's like the private. Uh, quite like the private nature of it. Course. You have to watch yeah. it all again and make yeah. sure there's nothing bad in there. Yeah, yeah. I just don't feel the need to publicise it. Right. So. Any closing yeah. remarks? I think we're wrapping up. Get in touch on that works. <laughs> huh? Oh, we're, we're going to wrap up now in like one minute. Is this one still running? Ah, uh, so you want to? Okay. How far back do I need to go? How much did it miss? Closing remarks. Oh, are you putting a new battery in? Oh, right. Okay. Cool. Did it literally just run out? Or like five minutes ago. Uh, just two minutes ago. Okay. Just do closing. Closing remarks.
That would have been. We you. still got these ones. Yeah, this would have been talking. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Is it going? I'm finishing it now, anyway. What do you want to plug? I was just gonna plug the agency. Again. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I need a fucking affiliate link. Have some this higher shit. quality leads this time, please. Yeah. Yeah. Any high quality leads want to get in touch? <laughs> right. Any closing remarks? We we'll go around the table. Any closing remarks or where you want to send people to? I know you're a fucking agency owner, so yeah. So websites that works at agency and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Horden Jill. <laughs> Start a new niche. Yeah. Uh, and cack John Salvi. Start the <laughs> team of swapping the letters. <laughs> Now I'm trying to post more on Twitter and uh, probably Insta as well, at Consalvio on all channels. My name's Jack Consalvi for reference, but Consalvio is the only out I got. Yeah, hit me up. Probably the same. Ads read on both, but business shit, just stick to Twitter, I think. Ads read, not ads sweet. Ads sweet. Ads sweet. Is that what you said? Ads read. That's what it sounded like to me. You're, you're deaf, though. We'll get deaf. Yeah, we'll yeah, get Brad to add a little fucking. Yeah, you can do all that. Yeah. But as always, um, subscribe to the pod. Plenty more classic episodes on the way. Stepping up the production quality out here in Bali. Cheers for watching. Subscribe as always. Catch you in the next one. Peace. See ya. Bye.